Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Power Trip, weekday mornings, 530 to 9. From the KFAN Bryant Heating and Cooling Studios on FM 100.3 KFXN, Minneapolis, St. Paul. The Fan. I think anyone who puckers up their lips and presses it against their boss's buttocks and then smooches is an ass kisser. I seem to be inept at everything except my work. I'm good at my work. I confine myself to that. All I want out of life is a dirty share and a 20 rating. The man's enlarged my mind. Uh, uh, he's a poet warrior in the, in the classic sense. Uh, I'm a little man. I'm a little man. He's he's a great man. Think of it as colors. There's black and there's white. And in between is mostly gray. That's us. Now, gray is a tough color because it's not as simple as black and white. And for the media, certainly not as interesting. But it's who we are. Respected number five seed ever leader fan, fan radio network. Uh, next question. KFAN.com. One minute, 34 seconds past three. Central Standard. T- no, Central Daylight Saving Time bumper to bumper show is indeed back with you on the air. Three and a half hour tour on a calm after the snownami Monday here in the Twin Cities referred to as Minneapolis and St. Paul. My name is Dan Barrero. I host the program. Garzi produces the show. We also co-host a program called uh, Enough Said on Fox 9. Expected to be uh, rejoined by or reunited with Lori Fisher this coming Friday, as far as I have been told. We're delighted that you chose to join us today on what should be, I think, a very fast-paced Monday program here on uh, on the fan, we'll give you the Metropolitan Ford guest lineup in just a couple of minutes. We'll pass along the email address, Bradshaw and Brian Inbox's booth at kfan.com. We're in the Bryant Heating and Cooling Studios, and we're going to take some calls on the Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care hotline later. Wow. I think I've covered many, if not all, of our favorite sponsors. We've got a couple others that we'll yeah. give proper credit to as well as the day goes on. You'll review it all at 555. That's it. That's or it. 615. That's exactly, uh, that, that, that's exactly it as well, um, courtesy of our friends at Prism Clinical Research. Prism Clinical Research as well. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I expect us to talk a lot of hoops today, although not exclusively. We have to get some hockey talk in. Is it time to start believing the disbelievers? Is it time to start believing the doom and gloomers? Starting to worry, more than starting to worry, continuing to worry about the state of the Minnesota Wild after another difficult loss at the hands of the much-hated, much-respected Chicago Blackhawks. We pull our goaltender after the first, what, Two uh, two shots. Two shots, basically. First, was it four minutes or two minutes? Can't remember, but it Double was early. Double-check the time. It was very, very early in the opening period. And uh, we got to play catch-up the rest of the way. And, man, oh, man, we put a lot of pressure on. But your guy, Corey Crawford, was brilliant again. And uh, we find ourselves now with the Blackhawks right on our backs. And right in our heads. That's it as well, apparently. Yes. So we'll get into that uh, later as well. I mentioned off the top of the program that uh, we are indeed your the most disrespected number five seed ever leader. I guess I have to admit I haven't done the research on it, but I have to tell you that rarely has a number five seed been disrespected as often. So if it's not unprecedented, it's still uh, pretty close to that. Your Golden Gophers, everybody that I know, everybody that I know, maybe outside the Twin Cities, has made the number 12 pick of Middle Tennessee State the ultimate, absolute, must-call, upset special. Everyone's looking for those when they're filling out their brackets. I get that. And even the uh, ink-stained wretches, the media jackals, are especially looking for them to get some attention, to do the old, whoa, whoa, step back, 12 over 5, huh? And um, I'm curious to know whether it's based on anything but what Middle Tennessee State did to Michigan State last year. I mean, I think that's 80% of it. I think you're right. They're not. They're, they're an interesting team. They're an intriguing team. I don't think they're the easiest number 12 opponent that a number five seed has ever had either. I I, I don't, but it's become uh, almost, it, it's, it's, it's reached a point where, and we'll ask Richard Patino about this at five o'clock, it's as if the Gophers might want to skip the trip to Milwaukee. The embarrassment of losing to a 12, although the way it's set up, it apparently wouldn't even be an embarrassment. Apparently, if the Golden Gophers play this game close Signature as a win. five seed, it'll be a moral victory yeah. that we can be proud of in the wake of a pretty damn good Big Ten season. It's remarkable how popular this pick has become. And I do think in the case of the more casual observers, a lot of it is, well, they did it last year, at least in the first game. They, 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 they terrified Michigan State. They toyed with Michigan State. That's what they did in that first-round game, and Minnesota hadn't been back to the tournament in a while, so this is kind of new to them. Um, And so, yeah, why not? And we're looking for upsets. This could be the year where there are a bunch of them, but here's one staring me in the the face, so I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand and say here it is. Seth Davis didn't even let Greg Gumbel get to it. Yes, Like they, The ink wasn't even dry on the bracket, and he already said, there's one, 12-5, there's an upset, write it down. There's your upset right. right there. That's exactly it. And people are forgetting that 
They did lose by 25 in round two last year. I think to the Q's, who aren't even in the no, tournament this year, much to the chagrin of Jim Bo- Joe, Jim Beheim. And you saw where he has to play now, Greensboro, which he ripped NIT? last week. NIT? Yes, which okay. is hilarious. Uh, but anyway, so it's part of that. And also because the high majors that they played this year, at least two of them, right, including Vanderbilt on their home court, they toyed with. 25. I don't know the specifics of that game. They beat Ole Miss there Whatever by 15. I don't know what that means exactly. Though they... They got some. They got some pieces. They have solid. They're good. They're 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 a very good twelve seed. I, I based on what I'm learning, I got to say, if you're Richard Pitino, you might not be delighted that you you think five twelve and you go, well, okay, we expect a walkover, but we're expecting maybe a little better matchup than that, and that doesn't appear to be a very good matchup. Dare I say, they might be a more formidable opponent if we beat Middle Tennessee State. We're in the Sweet Sixteen. You're calling it right now. Well, yeah, I, they scare me more than Butler on the basis of what everybody's telling me, even though you reminded me that Butler yeah. has beaten, who'd they beat twice? They beat Villanova. Beat Villanova twice, the, the number, one, number seed one seed in the whole tournament. Defending champ. That's it. All of that. They uh, they got some pieces. They got a juke or a, a transfer out of Arkansas, who I think is their, their number one scorer this year. Yeah, I think you're right. So, um, yeah, they're the good. Vegas has them as, has, how often in the history of the NCAA tournament has Vegas had a five versus twelve game of pick'em? Can't be often. Can't. I'm maybe sure more it's not lately. unprecedented. Maybe but more lately. I bet you not very many, and maybe more lately, but not a bunch. I've seen a couple people have us favored by one. A couple people have us favored by two, but a lot of people have this as a pick'em game, a five versus a twelve. That's in Milwaukee during our show at the start of our show, if it's on time, right on Thursday. Yes. So what do we do? Do we shut it down? Boothcafe.com. Should we shut it down? Do best of. 3 to 6.30 on Thursday. Well, it is 3 to 6 because the Wild play. Oh, that's right. You're right. So we're out early anyway. Do yep. we just shut her down, go to best of, or do we go ahead and plow through with a program, maybe even do some uh, Mystery Science Theater sort of approach to that game itself, maybe even with a little help from you. I think that's the play. If you happen to get there. Sources say that is an ongoing discussion. It's an evolving so, situation. Keep us posted on what we indeed uh, should do. The what be- if I just? What if I do end up going? Yeah. And what if I just am on the phone the whole time at the game? I wonder if that's legal. I would think it's it not is. legal. It's not technically legal. It's a matter of whether you get caught. I think. Okay. In other words, if they confront you on press row, because I could be on my phone, right? Mm, yeah, but if they if they get the feeling that you're broad, rebroadcasting the yeah. game, you're in trouble. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. I think what you have to do is do it selectively. Just call in. Every... I don't think you could do it. Yeah, you, I don't think you could do it on an ongoing basis. That would be kind of funny. Is the best way to uh, to indeed go. So um, we'll get it. We'll as the week goes on, we'll, we'll delve deep. We'll do a deep dive into maybe even a dumpster dive into Middle Tennessee State, its uh, history. And that uh, shocking victory over Michigan State a year ago, which is which I think is half the reason people are automatically assuming that oh, they did it last year. Why not do it against a, a team with less big uh, tournament experience? Richard Patino and the Golden Golfers, right? I mean, that's I think what a lot of people are thinking. Completely, but they're pretty good. Twelve, I I, I gotta say, I think uh, well, based on the people I've yes. talked to, they're a pretty good twelve. They're underseeded, yes. and the Gophers are probably overseeded a little bit. No one expected the Gophers to be a five. I thought I have no problems with us being a five or a six. It's more 
it looks weirder given some of the other underseas. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's the point. I could live with the Gophers like that. But well, there's no consistency to it. That's the problem. Yeah. And yeah, the Gophers, I, I don't think, should have to apologize for being seated fifth, even though the state of Wisconsin is imploding right now, given where the Badgers ended up. Emailer Austin, in AP rankings, Middle Tennessee State University received 37 votes. That's 26th place. The Gophers, 20 votes. Yeah, That's 27th place. competitive stuff here. It's a top 30 matchup. So, in effect, we get screwed again. We're back in the NCAA tournament, and That's no right. sooner do we get there than the search and screen committee, scru- committee screws us. I'm not letting it get to that point. We got a good site. We, We're playing in Milwaukee. Fans are going to be able to go. If they lose, they lose, but I'm silver lining we, today. Uh, <laughs> we have a Snonami to name as well. More on that later. We've got a lot of good nominees. Uh, we'll name uh, the winner later in the program. The Metropolitan Four guest lineup. We'll also include AP Sports Guy 355. I mentioned Richard Patino at 5 o'clock. When we come back, another guy in the big dance. For the first time, North Dakota, coached by Brian Jones. He joins the program next, right here in the fan. Dan Guerrero. Strike up the band, drive the train. Here we go. Bob Dylan, the hard rain going to fall. Weekdays at 3 on the fan. Everybody's. One minute remaining. We're looking feverishly for North Dakota coach Brian Jones, who um, is making history or will make history when North Dakota will participate in its first big dance, slated, I think, for a Thursday game against, as a 15 seed, against number two seeded Arizona. But uh, Guardsy's having trouble finding him. I think you said his, uh, went right to voicemail, and his voicemail is full. He didn't answer, and his voicemail is full. It was, yeah. I'm right. not surprised about his voicemail being full. I imagine you get a lot of voicemails when you do something that's never been done at your school, Yeah, and especially when you've been in coaching as long as he Sounds has. Sounds like, so. and I hope we get to talk to him about the uh, dramatic come-from-behind victory in, uh, in their conference tournament because they were... I think, which was, I think it was played in Reno, Nevada. Yes. Big Sky Conference title game. And they trailed Weber State pretty big. Uh, I think it was like 11 points with eight minutes to go. And they were still down either four or six with a minute to go. Came back to tie it in, in regulation and win it in OT. OT for their first uh, big dance automatic appearance, 93 to 89. Another reason I want to talk to him is he, he, they apparently have played in several collegeinsider.com tournaments. One of your favorites. One of my favorites. Is that the one? That's what I want to double check with. Is that the one where in the title round it's best of three? Good question. Or is it a different one? I don't know. The College Insider. Sounds right. Dot com. Sounds familiar. It does sound very familiar, does it not? Yes. Um, I'm looking at also in the interim. Don't forget, Richard Patino is scheduled to join right at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. I'm looking at an SI.com piece. This was written late January. Here's the headline. Middle Tennessee looks even more dangerous. 
than last season. Molly Geary writes it. She suggests that the Blue Raiders have improved over a year ago. Phone's ringing, so this might be our coach. But um, I'll give you a little more detail on why she believed even then, late January, that Middle Tennessee State might even be better than a year ago when they shocked the world by knocking off Michigan State in round one. That didn't last long, as Garzi said. They got killed the next uh, next game. But um, And at the time, that now that was a 15 versus a 2. Remember, uh, Michigan State was a number 2 seed last year. Uh, the A year ago, the hot shooting of forward Reggie Upshaw and guard Giddy Potts. That's a heck of a name, by the way. Giddy Potts, among others, led Middle Tennessee to that win. Upshaw and Potts, and now a senior and a junior. Upshaw, I guess, is the senior. Potts is a junior. Key players. They lost three other starters, but they gained... A transfer out of Arkansas named Ja'Cory Williams, who apparently sat out the 15-16 season, but has emerged as the team's leading scorer this year. Uh, six foot eight Williams apparently struggled a bit with the Razorbacks, spending three years as a role player, but he has found the perfect home in Conference USA. Now, this was, again, late January. He was averaging 17-9. Points, 7.1 rebounds, 2.0 assists on 53% shooting. Mentioned earlier, they uh, beat Vandy by 23. That was at home. Vandy's in the tournament. A lot of people not sure they should be, but they are. They beat Ole Miss by 15 there. They beat upstart UNC Wilmington as well. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, they they appear to be a very legitimate opponent. Uh, and now... I, I, you know, again, it, it, you, at some point, you can't be afraid of your own shadow, okay? You you go in and if... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're afraid, if you're frightened to play Middle Tennessee State, then, you know, uh, uh, even if they are underseated, and they probably are. Yes. Uh, you just kind of curl up in the fetal position, right? At some point, you just have to play. Now, again, we're not at full strength. That's what I'm most curious about, how we handle this whole thing. I hope Richard Pitino will tell us. I mean, to me... I don't see that there's any choice but that you have to give Coffee some minutes in the backcourt, don't you? That's As I thought about it earlier today, that's what I came up with. I, I'm not saying you turn the game over to him, but I think for a few, to give your – because you, you at least have a couple of frontcourt options. We really don't have any other backcourt options that we've developed, do we? No, those were the two. No, that was it. I mean, you could say if you really want to get crazy – you know, they had you know, a year ago when no one else could play, Stefan Sharp, the walkout, came in and uh-huh. actually scored for him. So That's... maybe he could give you a few minutes, yeah. which wouldn't be a terrible idea. But I'd go with what we came up yeah, with, Amir I, Coffee. I, and I and I think and maybe in some ways, it, it, as odd as this sounds, it takes a little bit of the pressure off him where uh, for stretches he's – don't be concerned about scoring. 
although it's still legal to score if you're playing if you're if you're handling the ball. But just just go out and run some stuff for a while. Run the team. He's he sees the court well. He's a good passer, uh, and just run it just for ten minutes. Yeah, maybe that that then will give your give, give your other players a little bit more of a blow. Because otherwise, we're basically going to try to win with six players, right? Yeah, more or less. More or less. And before, you know, McBrayer would kind of be the backup point guard, and then Springs would play the two while Coffee would play the three. Yes. Right? And now that uh, that option is clearly gone. Correct. So I, I think you just move Coffee one spot over and just still try to make it a three-for-two position type of deal. Yeah. I did touch base with our friends in North What's Dakota. What's going on? Uh, apparently, the head coach got called into a meeting. Oh, uh, with the higher contract up- extension. Well, it could be because my sources say it was with the higher ups of the university. So it was a late called Hope meeting. He's not in any trouble. No, I think it was a positive meeting. Um, so I don't know if he'll be able to join us today. Well, that's but- great, but I mean, yeah, a commitment's a commitment. Well, it is his boss. Yeah. Well- Maybe the boss should have a little bit more respect for the bumper to bumper program. A little bit. I'm not saying you completely shut down the university for the bumper to bumper show, but I mean, let's be honest. You're a university, you're, you're university of North Dakota. I mean, <laughs> I thought you said you weren't going to do that well, to that Twitter guy. I, I wasn't until I'm being forced to yeah. by this decision. So he basically hinted it might be over for today. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, we're not, we ain't going to move a lot of stuff around for him today. We got a lot of other good guests. No, it's we true. Love yeah, we love the story. We're excited for it. It's him. a nice story. Very good. We've never we've we've tended to, as opposed to going with the um, one horse town approach, we've actually celebrated regional basketball success in quote unquote smaller locations. That's been our mo it's over one of the my years favorite during things. the tournament. I mean, that's part of what makes the tournament interesting for us. It's true. So there's there wasn't any uh, attempt to say we're going to mock them or ridicule the uh, the deal. But, but one guy on Twitter got a little sensitive earlier. To give most people the he background, got sensitive before they, they don't know what you're, ta- they don't know what you're talking about. That the coach was going. It wasn't. I, it wasn't like I said. And for some reason, we're going to put on North the North Dakota coach Brian Jones to talk about the silly way they got into the NCAA tournament. And they're about to be killed by Arizona as soon as they're there. It didn't really I didn't really write it that way. The only snark in that tweet was for AP Sports Guy. Yes. When I referred to him as toxic. Foreshadowing for our discussion regarding an ex player's father. Who sounds like a hell of a guy. Who sounds like he's uh, got a lot of bitterness in him. But what was interesting was Krasinski did not wholly dismiss the snark. From said father. That he was wrong. Right. Right. Yep. That's what I want to talk to uh, AP sports guy Johnny Krasinski about. Because it's always a tricky line to know what you accept, what you reject, what you hold on to, and what you don't when it comes to embittered fathers. Now, this is not your average embittered father in that he's got, you know, he's got pro football slash Super Bowl credentials. You can still be jackassy, though. You know, it, the, the notion that, well, Got the great credentials. Doesn't doesn't necessarily preclude the possibility that you got some jackassiness in you, right? Of That's, course. As far as I'm concerned. So we'll see if there's any there there with um AP sports guy. I will mention, since we got a little bit of time before we'll break and then we'll get uh we'll get caught up. We've got a lot of other stuff uh to get to. That the it was an interesting uh Friday night for me. We we got out early in part because of hockey. And then we fudged a little bit to help me get out a little bit early as well, really the whole show, with a a longer best of, because I had to go to uh, Minnetonka High School to be part of, they have a thing called the Writing Center there, the Writing Center. 
that has become um, a very successful enterprise. Basically, it's a novel idea encouraging in students the notion of writing and developing in all sorts of writing areas and creativity when it comes to the written word. And um, they'd been kind enough to invite me to, it was either, I might have even been their first event 10 years ago. And this last Friday was their 10-year anniversary. And they were kind enough to, to invite me back with, um, with three others as well. And then what happens is each of the so-called dignitaries then gets interviewed by a student. And so it's like 10 or 15 minute question and answer kind of thing about what you do and how you went about your job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And interestingly for me, the student, senior student, who interviewed me was Max Musselman. And if the name's familiar, it should be. Max Musselman is Bill Musselman's son. And... In fact, as we, in our conversation that we had before we came together, you know, uh, unfortunately, Bill passed away. He battled cancer and passed away when Max was like a year and a half old. And so Max doesn't have a lot of memories of his father, sadly enough. And it's, we're in that odd situation where I have more memories of his father than he does, even though it's his father. And so we had a nice conversation during the course of the, uh, uh, the, the presentation. And then he reminded me that that night, his half-brother, Eric Musselman, was coaching in his, uh, the, uh, the tournament. I can't remember what, tur- what tournament Nevada is in. Mountain West. Mountain West tournament. The semis were that night with a chance if they could win in the semis and obviously then win in the title round, they would get an automatic bid. And sure enough, they won Friday night. They won Saturday night. Kevin Harlan was on the call, and they are in the big dance. So it was um, it was kind of a cool 24 hours to think that those connections were going on, that, that I'm being – that me, the reporter who used to interview Bill Musselman on a regular basis, suddenly is being interviewed by his son. And meanwhile, his half-brother, Bill's oldest son, Eric, is – finishing out another terrific turnaround, a la the Bill Musselman mode at South Alabama. This time, Eric Musselman is doing it at Nevada, and they are in the NCAA tournament for the second, the first time in like 10 years, 9 or 10 years, and in, I believe, Eric's second year. He's only been there two years. At Nevada, turning yeah. that thing around. That's crazy. And they have become another fashionable upset pick, as well as a lower seed, a team that could be dangerous and could be reckoned with. We're hoping to catch up with Eric later in the day but it, it, it was just it was kind of cool the way it kind of came full circle over the course of that Friday night into into Saturday all those connections uh coming back and me suddenly being in the role of being interviewed and Max who was I, I believe is headed to the Carlson school at the U there you go next year in the role of interviewing the reporter what did you think of the length of his questions uh they were responsible much length? more succinct hmm much judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Much more professional than the average Barrero question. Makes sense. I can't argue with any of that. Uh, we'll be back. So whenever we get, I guess we're never going to get North Dakota coach guy on. We might. You never know. Well, we can only hope. It's Barrero on the fan. The KFAN Bracket Challenge presented by Devani's is live at KFAN.com. You could win $1,000 by filling out the most accurate bracket. Sign up to play now. Visit KFAN.com. Make the keyword bracket very easy to find. Snownami nominees, do you have that list in front of you? We will name uh, the winner, I think, some at some point late in the show, perhaps the 5 o'clock hour. I do. Or even, uh, even later because we have a late nominee uh but we'll uh, let's go through our list as it stands the list right now is blackhawks toxic certix microwave kelm helgen high level competitive stuff 11 to 2 and if you miss that that's minnesota united that's not the time of a radio show that's the the combined score of the first two of our new soccer uh, soccer team the first two games in our soccer teams the new soccer team's history 11 to 2 and we don't have the 11 and then death wish was a a hat tip to bob knight is the last one death wish Uh, larry mandela guy suggests we add snonami snubbed by the sioux (laughs) snonami snubbed by the sioux well can't you got to throw it in there, don't you? I don't think we do. I do. If you want to be accurate, it's snubbed by the Hawks. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, but that's Sue sounds like better These alliteration. These things happen. These things happen. They shouldn't, though. This is the end, my only friend. The end. Are you familiar with Carleton University? Yes, down in Northfield. Isn't that Carleton College? Oh, yeah. I thought that's what you meant. I think this is Carleton University in Ottawa, Canada, because I think the one... You're right. The other one is Carleton College, and that is Northfield? I haven't gone to either one. I wasn't trying to trip you up. It's an upset. Yeah. Um, Apparently, according to the student newspaper there, the Charlatan. God, I love that name for a student newspaper. The Charlatan. The Charlatan. The Charlatan, that name has, um, that's part of fan, uh, KFAN lore and history. The Charlatan. Is that what McHale used to call me? Common will know because he loved it. Dan from Woodbury, if he's listening or if he's still in the building. I want to say McHale used to call me the Charlatan, but I'm not sure. In any case, that's the name of the newspaper there. Carleton University has removed a scale from its gym. A sign where the scale used to be explained uh, that explains that the school's decision to ditch it is part of an effort to keep up with, quote, current fitness and social trends. Okay. An official from the campus in Ottawa told the charlatan that a scale can cause students to become obsessed with their weight. Quote, 
We don't believe being fixated on weight has any positive effect on your health and well-being, said Bruce Marshall, who manages the university's health and wellness program. The body is an amazing machine. And even if we are dieting and training, it will often find a homeostasis at a certain weight. It takes weeks, even months, to make a permanent change in your weight. So why obsess over it? Why not look at other indicators? While Carleton is facing backlash from many of its students over the decision, some are on board with the decision. Here's the key quote. Here's the 2000, very much 2017 quote. Scales are very triggering, according to a freshman student named Samar El Faki. I think people are being insensitive because they simply don't understand. They think eating disorders are a choice when they are actually a serious illness. How about this idea? You do everything you can to educate students to the number of the ways in which one can go about monitoring his or her progress if they're trying to get into some kind of a physical regimen and that you don't want to necessarily become prisoner to that one obvious one, which is getting on that scale. But that for those who already understand that, or for those who are more disciplined in that area and maybe they only get on the scale once a week and kind of want to use it as one of the ways they monitor what they're up to, you give them that option. How stupid is this? What does this accomplish? One thing is to say we want to remind people that don't get obsessed over just this. Yes. That's fine. But to take away other people's opportunity in a gym to say, I, I wonder where I'm at today. For fear of hurting the feelings of others is the, is the worst option possible because to me it also, it goes down the same line we've talked about on so many other subjects. It, it marginalizes and I would say delegitimizes so many students that like we're so concerned that you are so tender and your psyche is so tender that you might curl up in the fetal position just seeing a scale. You don't have to get on it. You're not for There's nobody there. They don't have sentries there that say, uh, you just got done with your workout? Follow us. Get up on the scale. Let's take a look. And not only are you going to get up on that scale, you're going to stay on that scale while, hey, Johnny, Jimmy, Linda, come on over. Let's see, let's see what uh, Porker weighs today. I, 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 it, that's the, the hardest thing about, for, I think, for people to understand, the people who think they're protecting others, is that what they really do in situations like this is they, they marginalize others, they patronize others, they make others seem so, as I said, vulnerable and so tender in their sensibilities that they'll explode if they, again, are not forced to get up on a scale because nobody's asking them to or demanding that they do it, but that somebody else might do the same. I, it, it's, it's, again, it falls under the category of, you think you're helping people when what you're doing is patronizing them and, in a sense, I think, patting your head, uh, patting them on the head in a way that says, I'm doing this to you for your own good because otherwise you'll fall to pieces. You'll fall apart. You won't know what to do. The minute you walk in and see a scale that is inside a, a whatever their gym is, whatever their club might be, stupid, completely stupid, but I'm not surprised and my guess is there are others who will raise their hand and say, by God, that's right. Good we're idea. all too obsessed. We're too obsessed with weight as being a, an indication of goodness and health. 
I don't think there's any doctors who tell you that weight isn't a factor. Now, there may be a thousand reasons why someone is battling a weight issue. We get that now. But it would be foolish to suggest that that's not an indicator if you're trying to go through a process, whatever that process is, of bringing your weight under control or losing weight or gaining weight, whatever the case may be, right? That's, that's, that, that's not that revolutionary. And if you're not feeling it, like today's I'm not feeling it at Lifetime Fitness, Don't get dude, up there. then you just walk by. <laughs> just walk by. I do it a lot. Go, hey, I'm not going to weigh myself today. I have a feeling that's not going to be what I want. I guarantee want. you Bruce Marshall thinks he's, he's enlightened, and he thinks he's helping everybody else. And yet what he's doing is sending a message to so many people that you can't handle it. You'll fall apart. You'll, you, you, you'll, you'll, you may never recover. You might not become the same, be the same person. That's what the message is that's thrown out by this nonsense. That, that you're de- These aren't children we're dealing with here. They're young adults. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Adults, but they're not children. Let them make their own bleeping choices on whether they want to get on a scale. Whatever the act of doing so might or might not mean to them. It's ridiculous. AP sports guy Johnny Krasinski, rarely ridiculous, but occasionally toxic. What do we mean by that? Come back and find out. You're listening to Barrero on the fan. No, he's not that guy from the office. That's what she said. And no, he's not the Duke basketball coach. But he is the most dogged reporter in the upper Midwest. Whether it's Winter Park, Target Center, Dinky Town, Target Field, even the XL Energy Center. That is a nice pack there. It's AP Sports Guy, John Krasinski, and he's there, getting you the inside information you crave. And he's on right now with Dan Barrero. Don't forget, Richard Pitino is scheduled to join us at 5. Gophers uh, hit the NCAA tournament trail. I'm assuming they're going Wednesday. Maybe, they're going tomorrow. They're going tomorrow. tomorrow. I guess that makes even more yes. sense, and you got a chance to practice there on Wednesday. Tip-off scheduled for just about 3 o'clock Central time, about the start of the show, on Thursday, although those things rarely start on time. Middle Tennessee State, the opponent, and uh, with us now from the on the Whiting Clinic and uh, LASIK Eye Care hotline, indeed, is AP sports guy Johnny Krasinski. Oddly enough, uh, I want to start with some football conversation before we get to Richard Pitino and the Golden Gophers apparently uh, being... Uh, uh, one of the few number five underdogs against a huge 12 seed. And, and now maybe even huge underdogs by, by the end of the week. It's certainly by the end of by Thursday, <laughs> if we beat them, it's not going to be that different than North Carolina state beating uh five slamma jamma. Is it? Hey, it's just, just more adversity. For yeah. This program don't overcome another mountain to climb. And, uh, so it's going to be inspirational, don't out. I can't wait for the movie. Speaking of inspirational or speaking of controversy as well, um, Ricky Ellison, the father of a form, now former Vikings tight end named Rhett Ellison, is um, 
in the news, uh, one could say, quite a bit for some stuff he offered up via Twitter regarding what he described uh, as the organization's toxic, that's his word, leadership. By the way, I think the tweet was then um, deleted, but then after that, he ends up writing a Facebook post in which he, um, I guess you could say, develops his theme. Uh, and, and for those who haven't seen it, let me run by a couple of things that he said before we get uh, AP Sports Guy's reaction. He talks a lot about last season that the bye week was a tipping point. The head coach and GM didn't understand what they had and broke it. He suggested that the departure of North Turner was a red flag indicator. Added to this was the mentality of physical practices that continued to hurt players on the offensive line and burn out the desire of the defense to play hard when it counted most. Um, It's not unprecedented for the father or mother of a player to go nuclear. Generally, the media jackals, as juicy as the stuff might sound, tend to dismiss most of the message on the basis of who the messenger is um, and the timing of said message and the history of said messenger, because I think Ellison, uh, the father, uh, got into some stuff negative last year before his son ended up re-signing with the Vikings. So what do we do with this? Do we uh, do we pay? Is it, is, it, is it worth our paying attention to? Is it something we should dismiss out of hand without more evidence? What do you make of it? Yeah, I think, you know, in general, Dan, I, I typically treat parental comments like this with a big grain of salt. I mean, you know, they, they certainly are personally invested in their sons who are playing for the teams. Um, and if they are you know, on the outs, as you know, Red Ellison left to go to the Giants, you kind of wonder about you know, where the motivation is and is it really one-sided in terms of the characterizations. But I, I did say last night on Twitter that I do think it is something worth paying attention to because, as I've said on the radio show a couple of times here, that uh, it, there are some ac- accusations or characterizations that ring true with things that I've heard from the locker room and from you know, people in the building that you know, there was a little bit of a concern that uh, some of the practices got a little bit too long, a little bit too physical, especially later in the year when they were awfully beat up. And so when, you know, when a parent brings up that kind of thing that echoes what I'm hearing from people who are more directly involved, then I, I, I do think it's worth at least noting and exploring a little bit and add to it that Mike Zimmer offered up at the Combine that he had some conversations with a few of the veterans on the team about doing some things differently it is clear that there are some adjustments that he is looking to make in this. So it's not just one parent who is a little overzealous or bellyaching that he feels that there's been enough uh, conversations with, with other players that, that he wants to address it. And so um, I, I think there is something to be said about it. Now, do I think it's toxic? No, I, I, that's probably overstating things. I think maybe he got a little bit too dramatic in, in, in that characterization of things, but it is clear that, that there were some issues that kind of reared their heads as the season went on and as, as kind of things spun out of control and that need to be addressed. And it's credit to Mike Zimmer. He has said he's going to address those things. Yeah. I think you stated very eloquently. I I think that there's, there's a tendency, like I said, to want to just dismiss all of it 
But there's enough other smoke to indicate that there are some issues here. And and and, and I, I was told earlier today by a pretty good source that even among ownership, there is, if not necessarily any concern about who's doing the talking, there's also a belief that you don't necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater, that regardless of whether that person might be a little bit jackassy sometimes, that um, part of the message still must be examined and needs to be examined about whether there was any legitimacy to it. And so I I dare say, and even as you, again, you factor in what the head coach himself has has acknowledged, that there is some stuff to look at here. Toxic might be too strong a term, but there are some current concerns. And I'll put it to you this way. I no longer think there was a time I was in the group that said, you got a very smooth running ship here. You got, mm-hmm. you know, you got Spielman in place. He has some bad drafts, but some good drafts, but he knows what he's doing. He's in charge, et cetera. You got a, a new head coach with all the signs of being a guy who can be here forever and, and gets it and so forth. I, I think for me, I'm taking a step back on all of that in terms of assuming that every, all the pieces from a management perspective are in place here, that there are some issues that need to be addressed that should be addressed without anybody getting too defensive about it and 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 the assumption that everything's wonderful, I don't think the record indicates that everything's wonderful. Yeah, and, and I mean, hey, let's face it too, Dan. I mean, when, when you have a team that kind of fell apart down the stretch the way that the Vikings did, you often do see drama like True. this. I mean, you didn't hear any of this a year ago when they were kind of coming up and winning the division and all of a sudden the torch was being passed from the Packers to the Vikings and everything was great. So, there, I mean, I think the losing sort, certainly breeds some of that discontent, and then it is up to the leadership, up to Rick Spielman, up to Mike Zimmer, to address it and figure out how to make sure that it doesn't turn into something that uh, sinks the ship, that instead these are just choppy waters right now, and how do you navigate those? And that's why I, you know, I, I kind of reiterate that I think it is encouraging that Mike Zimmer has acknowledged some things that need to change. I mean, he could easily go the, hey, this is my way or the highway type of approach. And either you're with me or you're against me. And, you know, we'll, we'll, cut, we'll cut bait with anybody who isn't on board. And, and it's clear that he's not doing that. It's clear that he is doing some, some self-evaluation, which I think is very important uh, in, in a situation like this. And so I, I do think that ultimately, if there are conversations with players, if there is a, if there are a few adjustments that he makes in response, not totally catering to them or cowtoing, but certainly letting them know that he recognizes their concerns and he's and he's going to kind of accommodate some of their their issues, I think that can go a long way toward turning things around and and at least having them kind of believe that this is uh, an open line of communication and that they are invested in this as well. And so, uh, we'll see what happens long term here and and how it goes about. But the, the the things that you bring out of it are a yes, there definitely are issues that need to be addressed, and b it looks like they are addressing them and not just putting their heads in the sand. AP Sports Guy Johnny Krasinski, our guest on the fan. If you want to, uh, if, if I if I ask you to put a letter grade on the offensive line moves to date, because I think these are going to clearly be the two biggest moves for whatever they're worth. Riley Reef added, Mike Remmers added as well. Uh, what's what's fair? Yeah, I, I think it's a solid B right now, Dan, because 
that obviously they, they didn't get a couple of guys that they really wanted that maybe were a little bit on the higher end of the spectrum. And, and so they weren't able to add the, the, the really the big fish mm-hmm. um, it, to, to that unit to really kind of massively upgrade it. But they did address it, and they got two really reliable veterans who, have, who can come right in. Can you, you can expect them to play right away and start right away, who should be able to make fairly seamless transitions and should help upgrade the unit. So they, they still obviously have to address other spots on the line, probably in the draft. They'll, they'll, they'll look at other positions as well. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that you know, they weren't A's. They, they weren't like the kind of moves that say, oh, well, no, nothing to worry about here now. Let's just, let's just move forward. And they nip that in the bud and, and everything's great. But, um, but they did, they, they weren't C's or D's in terms of they did address them with, with guys who are still in their relative prime, who have started a lot of games, who have played pretty well for some pretty pretty successful offenses. And so in that respect, I think that you have to say that pretty good, not, not as great as it could have been, but, but good enough to at least make you think that it should be upgraded going into next season. The, uh, the word broke late last week that the Vikings were trying to get themselves in the Alshon Jeffrey mix, and that in fact, ultimately, at least according to reporting, and I don't know, you might be able to confirm or deny this one way or the other, that they made a more aggressive offer, um, a multi-year offer, than the one that uh, he, that Jeffrey ultimately accepted with the Philadelphia Eagles, where it looks like with the Eagles he's saying, I'll take the one-year good money and then hope I can hit a home run if I have a really productive season. Um, were we in it? And secondly, what does it tell us that we wanted to be in it, if indeed we were, about how we feel about our wide receiver core? Well, yes, they were in it, and and I do think that what it tells you is that they understood again that that receiver is something they, that needs to be addressed as well. And at first glance, you may not when you when you looked at it as soon as the season was over, you may not quite have said that. Oh, well, the receiver is definitely one thing they got to go at and go at hard. But clearly, in their evaluation, with what they saw from um, from Laquan Treadwell, certainly. Uh, was was kind of a big, you know, uh, a, a bust in the first year at least. I mean, we'll see what happens long term with him, but I don't know how you can really feel great about him going into next season. And then, I mean, Diggs was good and 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 reliable. Thielen was good and reliable, but it, it looks like what they were looking for is kind of that deep threat, uh, that that game breaker down the field that certainly Alshon Jeffrey represents. I think that they would have liked Treadwell to show enough signs last year that he could eventually be that guy, but obviously he didn't do anything to do that. So, so they went out looking and, and, um, and I think, you know, again, good that, that they recognize that need, but also a little concerning that they weren't able to land them, even though they did offer more years, more security to a, to a veteran who has been through some injury issues. I mean, let's face it, Elshon Jeffrey needs some security with, with kind of all the injuries that he went through. Instead, he decided to go, to go to Philadelphia and, and bet on himself for a year, which is a, a gamble and a risk. Uh, is Lacey leaving town without a deal being done? Does that mean that's in the rearview mirror, that that's, that option's off the table? I, I won't say it's off the table from what I've heard. I think the door is still open there. But I do think that obviously the, the, the preference would have been to get a deal done and get him locked in. But he is, from what I heard, I think he is going back to Green Bay to look at some things. Um, typically, if you do leave and you go back home, to some something you have a little more familiarity, I would put the odds a little bit more in 
in the Packers' favor or certainly in another team's favor since the Vikings didn't land him. But it also may say that the Vikings are being smart and not trying to overpay for him just given everything that he's been through as well. So I, I, I'm not shutting the door completely on it, but um, at this point – I, I don't think it's a, a high likelihood that he's going to be the guy to replace Adrian Peterson. Are there other names we should be talking about now that we're looking at? I saw an item uh, via Florio that we're, uh, we're considering Lardarius Webb, former Baltimore Ravens defen- a veteran defensive back. We need, obviously, some bodies there as well. Uh, is that a possibility you've heard anything about anybody else we should be talking about right now? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, Webb is certainly a possibility. I think um, th- I, there was some reporting that, that uh, the, the Green Bay kind of defensive lineman, Datone, I think yeah. Jones is his name, is, is another one that they're interested in for depth purposes. Um, I, I do think that losing Captain Munderland to, Munder, to, to Carolina is a big deal. I, he performed very well as a slot corner for them. And, and, and really, after the, the kind of choppy first year while he tried to figure out Mike Zimmer's system and get on the same page, uh, he was very good for this team, and so they are going to need to find a body to, to replace him, whether it is a guy that they already have on the roster or they go out and, and, and sign someone or draft someone else to, to, to come in. So, um, you know, name, Webb is a guy that is, I don't think is, is that kind of a corner, but certainly would give them a little bit more flexibility in the defensive backfield to move some other guys around. Um, it maybe opens the door for Terrence Newman as well to um, – um, to uh, to come back and and then they may need to go doing some bargain shopping uh, on, on the market as well. There's not a lot of just high profile guys who are available there who you say, well, if we bring him in, we're going to be just fine. So they got some work to do. Uh, and you know we know how Mike Zimmer loves defensive backs. So to lose Munderland, even though he's not the Zimmer prototype big corner. I think that's going to be one that hurts unless they're able to replace them. I mentioned the Ravens. I, I believe they signed Danny Woodhead to a three-year deal uh, reported at $8.8 million bucks, 4.2, uh, 4.25 guaranteed. Um, does it surprise anybody that he's the first running back off the board? And secondly, can Adrian Peterson even count on that kind of money from anybody else? Yeah, it, it is a little surprising, and I do think that's not a good sign for Adrian Peterson because Woodhead was coming off of a big injury as well. So, um, so he, he's not exactly a hundred percent and 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 ready to roll, and and you know exactly what you're getting with Danny Woodhead. So, if a guy like that is getting that kind of an offer, I mean, I I do think that that's probably right around the best case scenario for what Adrian is going to to have to look at and. I do know that he has been disappointed by the the kind of lukewarm reception that he's gotten on the Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Open market early in this thing, and, and I do think that he's been surprised by... Uh, the lack of a feeding frenzy for him and, and the numbers that are getting thrown at him right now. So uh, that, that could even change the way that he makes a decision even more in terms of does he look at more of a ready-built contender and take less money yeah. 
to play there, or does he try to squeeze every last dime that he can out of somebody uh, to get more of a starting role? He's in a tough spot right now. There's not a lot of teams that are clamming for him, or certainly not at at any kind of significant money. we got a lot of basketball to talk with, uh, talk about with AP Sports Guy as well. We'll take a very short pause and uh, get his reaction to the Gophers seeding, who they're matched up against, and what they might do uh, from this point forward. we got some Timberwolves uh, conversation to get to, and I'm hoping if we have time, we'll also get his reaction to the news the Golden State Warriors made the other night in uh, San Antonio, Davy. You're listening to Barrero. Barrero. This is The Fan. Join Corey Cove and former NHL hockey player Mark Parrish this Thursday at Trails Grill and Sports Bar in Big Lake, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock at night. It's Coors Light Hockey Night. Register for your chance to score Minnesota hockey suite tickets. All the details are at kfan.com, keyword hockey. Programming on the fan this afternoon brought to you in part by True Stone Financial. Richard Patino scheduled to join at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, which means we'll probably go to the 520 Sports Fix today. AP Sports Guy Johnny Krasinski is uh, back with us. We certainly hope you enjoyed our our interview with North Dakota coach Brian Jones. Come on, earlier in the uh, no, I'm not I'm not quite as turn the other cheeky as you are about it. Sorry, I'm are just you not. sure you're going to get Patino at this point? Well, that's a that's a fair point. I mean, there's no that's well, Patino Patino has not. I don't believe he's burned us once. Uh, once agreeing to an interview, I don't. I uh, I think he's. Uh, Four for four, five for five, whatever it is. Whatever the number of times we've had him on is, he's generally uh, uh, come through pretty nicely. Uh, well, let's, I know uh, I'm always there for you, Dan. Well, so. You are. I, I can't argue with you. In fact, sometimes you're there for us when we're not even asking for you to be there for even us. Even when you don't want it. That's the so, beauty yeah. of it. Yeah, that's. I'd rather have it that way. You and Russo are, are almost always available, which is great. Um, all right, look. The uh, Gophers are in the NCAA tournament. They uh, had a decent but not great Big Ten tournament run. They ran into, you know, Destiny's Darlings, the Michigan Wolverines, uh, who certainly proved that uh, they're, they're, they're a streaky team, but they may be figuring it out at the right uh, moment. So that's not a sin to lose to Michigan. Uh, and yet we find this club picked by almost nobody once the matchup was established. Middle Tennessee State, the opponent, uh, as a number 12 seed, and we're a five. So... Um, do we even show up to play in Milwaukee? I mean, what what, what do you make of uh, the sort of the way this game has been set up? Yeah, it's been interesting because, uh, you know, you watch the coverage in the fallout of the pairings lately, and one, it's, you know, how did the Gophers even deserve a five seed? I mean, that with how awful they were all year long. And then the other thing is, not only did they get a five, but uh, on the list of the great college basketball t- teams of all time, I think it's, Alcindor's Bruins number one, Larry Johnson's Rebels number two, and then whoever is leading, mid, you know, the Middle Tennessee is number three. Right. I mean, it's a uh, it, it's an insurmountable task that is front of them, in front of them. So um, it, it has been kind of interesting to watch that. I mean, when you look at the matches, I do understand certainly the cause for concern. They, the Middle Tennessee is is experienced. They have three seniors who lead the way. The Gophers are very young, especially after losing young and Springs. I think yeah. that's a huge loss for them. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do look at this Gopher team as a team that has been the biggest strength of their team all year long is, is their depth. And so I, I think that they've been set up to where 
if they were to lose a guy, you, you don't necessarily have to fold up the tent, lose anybody, really. And and they can sort of tread water and, and make do without him. So um, they, they, they certainly are going to have their work cut out for them, but I'm not one who's ready to say they have been their sacrificial lambs that are thrown to the to the middle Tennessee sharks and are just going to get devoured uh, on, on Thursday in, in Milwaukee, which is right in our backyard, yeah, by the way. Should be, uh, you're exactly right. It shouldn't be uh, a cauldron that they're going to have to run through. Uh, I don't know how well, maybe middle, middle Tennessee state travels better than we thought, but um, you know, the depth on the front court is different from the depth in the back court though. And that's, what's going to be, I think that is what's concerning is that we show that was showed in the uh, Michigan game. I and mean, basically they went with six guys and you don't really have another alternative unless, and this we're going to ask uh, Patino when we get him on at five, aren't you almost forced to play coffee some a little bit more in the backcourt, have him handle the ball a little bit more just to give yourself another option uh, back there so guys don't get quite, uh, maybe get quite as tired. But we'll uh, we'll see what he has to say about that at uh, at five. Timberwolves had a nice victory over Golden State a, a, at full strength other than Durant not being available. And then uh, they had the quick turnaround and lost to the Bucks in Milwaukee, and now find themselves. I think it's three and a half out. And they got a bunch of. T- they still got teams in front of them, and it's three and a half games. You almost at this point have to go on like about a ten game winning streak, don't you? If you're really going to give yourself a legitimate shot to steal that number eight spot. Yeah, you, I mean, I, I don't know about ten, but certainly a, a really strong run. And, yep. and that's the that's the problem down the stretch here, Dan. Is they can even play really really well. And just by nature of their schedule, it's going to be tough for them to do because, I mean, they play Washington tonight, who is just on fire right now. They're in second in the East. They're playing great. And so it's conceivable that the Wolves come in, play a great game, and lose. And, you know, and that's just where just the way that the schedule has, has kind of strung out for them. And they have 11 of their last 15 on the road. And, yeah, they, I, I do think – I mean, they have to put, yeah, f- at least five or six together sure. in a row – and hope they get some help in front of them. Now, the one thing that they do have in their favor is that they play Portland, who is ahead of them three times down the stretch. And so if Denver can kind of stub its toe and Portland is the team that you have to leapfrog the most to get into the eighth seed, you're going to have every opportunity to really make up some big ground by playing them a bunch of times here. They don't play Denver the rest of the way. So um, so that part of it is in in their favor, though the Blazers are playing well right now and they're a load, so to expect three wins would be would be difficult. But um, that that part is is okay for them. But it is the the, the deck is stacked against them. It, this is going to be a, a tough haul. Like I said, I think last week, if if they end up getting in, if they end up finding a way to climb into that eight seed, they will have absolutely earned this thing because it's it's a brutal schedule for them. Rubio, when he is able to score, not necessarily shoot well, but score effectively, get into double digits, uh, and get to the free throw line. In fact, I think against Milwaukee, he got to 20. You can uh, you can get filling up me and a yeah. 22 and all the numbers. That kind of, when he plays like that, that sort of takes away the only rap, right? I mean, that that's yeah. him at pretty much his best, him besting a couple of really good point guards on those given nights, uh, including Chris Paul and Steph Curry. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and you're, you're exactly right about getting to the foul line. And that's what Tibbs and he have both talked about really over these last couple of weeks on the run that he's been on is he has to stay aggressive. And it is interesting because 
you look at Rubio and you don't necessarily think of him as a guy who is ultra quick, super athletic, that creates mismatches and makes himself hard to guard and, and gets himself fouled a lot. But he just kind of has an uncanny knack for getting to the line. Against the Warriors the other night, he went 3 for 10 from the field, but he was 11 for 11 yep. from the free throw line. Steph Curry really had a hard time keeping Rubio in front of him. And so he got to the line, and, and then he ended up scoring, I think, 17 points. He had 22 against Milwaukee, in part because he's getting to the line. So it really allows him to neutralize any kind of shooting struggles that he does have if he's getting there because he's a great foul shooter. So, um, so yeah, and you're right. It's been a big key, especially with Levine out, for Rubio to be able to kind of just up his scoring into that 13 to 15 range. And then when he gets 17 or 18 or 22 – I mean, it's just it makes a huge difference for them. Last question for you. The uh, Golden State Warriors the next night, in fact, I think Steve Kerr made this announcement after the loss yeah. to, the, to the Wolves that four of his core players were, would not play in San Antonio on that national uh, TV game. I actually don't care if it was on national TV or not. It's been a, a, an enhancement for some people to, in, in terms of their discussion on it. I hate it. I understand uh, no one has to email me about uh, coach's job is to prepare his team. And he was, he's telling people that he was convinced that this is the best way he is in the best interest of his team long-term. I don't believe him. I think he was making that up. I think he was annoyed by the schedule in general. He wanted to pitch a fit. He wanted to, you know, be pop light and, and, and flex as a coach and that, that he did it. There's no law against it at this point. I don't even know how you would make one, but I hate it. I don't like the message it sends. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's good for the game at all. What about you? Yeah, I mean, okay, there's a couple ways to look at this. And the first one is I agree with you that if that in general I don't like the practice. I don't like having fans buy tickets you know, months in advance for Warriors Spurs really kind of looking forward to a showdown in the Western Conference and then at the last second getting burned by a decision like this. Um, And I remember Flip used to say this as well, where he said that, look, you know, this is – part of it is, yeah, you have to look out for your guys' health, and there's no question about that, but it is a business, and and they're in the entertainment business. And so, I mean, these guys should be playing as much as possible – um, from on a night in and night out basis to reward the fans who spend a lot of money to come and see them. And that's the reason they have the big television contracts and they have all this money to spend. Um, in this one instance, I do see Kerr's point because it was eight different cities in uh, eight games in eight different cities in 13 days. They kind of flew all over the country just really to cater to the national television schedule. And you could tell on Friday night, I mean, those guys were gassed. They had not, nothing left in the tank by the end of that game. And so I see why he did do it. But I also think that it was very much a, a message to the schedule makers. Like, hey, look, let's be a little smarter about the way we do things. And you, you can't put us in this meat grinder and expect us to deliver a good product every single night at the end of a, of a brutal stretch like that. But, you know, yeah. In the big picture, I, I, I really don't I, – I, I would like to see a lot less of, of the resting of players. Um, and, and, but, you know, in this, one, in this one case, I see why he did it. Well, I, I just I, – I guess I, I hate the baseball analogy because people email me and say, well, you go to a 
weekend series, and on a given day, uh, there may be two stars rested on a Sunday game, depending on matchups, whatever. But the 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 fatal flaw in that comparison is that it's generally not you're not sitting your best four of your best players. You're right. you're you're sitting one, or you're sitting two, or you're easing up on what you expect them to do in a in a given game. And I and I I can't get past the business part of it. Um, mm-hmm. There's a pact. That's that that is really the the basis upon which this league, any league, exists, and that is that all things being equal, you're going to see the best that that team has to offer. And we all know you don't always for the, uh, lots of different reasons, including travel schedule, including the second game of back to back, etc. But I, I I still think here's what I the way I put it. Part of the reason I don't I think they Pop got away with it, and Kerr is going to get away with it is not that many coaches do it, and generally the ones who have have been very successful. But what if every night two coaches did it or, or four teams did it? Uh, th- that That's the part that, that annoys me, that uh, it shouldn't be we let it go just because it doesn't happen very often or only a couple of teams do it. I, I, I just think there's there are better ways. And, again, as you point out, you can say, God, we they're making us go all over the place for the sake of the national TV schedule, and we're going crazy. But then somebody has to sit Kerr down and sit the players down and say, "Did you get did you get your check the right. a week ago in the mail? Did you get that check?" Because that is, it's not a cliche. Part of the reason they get that money at that level is precisely the buy-in to, yeah, you're you're the stars, you're the guys that this thing is built around to a large degree. So you you either accept it or you don't. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that there's that's a great argument to make, and I I do think that there there is a um, a a part of a lot of coaches, especially who just say, all my only obligation is to make sure my team is going to be as successful as possible over the long haul of the season, and 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 so. Um, I, I don't have to worry about anything else other than that, yeah. which is naive. It is. It, it is naive. I mean, this is a business, and there is a reason that you um, that that you're making that that kind of mo- big money. Now, the good news is, Dan, that next year the schedule will be stretched out a little bit more. That the NBA is starting the regular season earlier, in part to address and reduce the number of back-to-backs, the number of four games and five nights that causes coaches to make these kind of decisions. So you really do hope we're in the last days of seeing this at, you know, on a, on a real level. But I do, I do think that there will still be days that pop or Kerr or teams with veteran players kind of sit a bunch of guys and just punt the game, which is, which is unfortunate. You'd like to see a little bit different kind of approach to just recognize that, Hey, there are, these tickets are expensive, and the TV deals are expensive, and 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 your contracts are big because of, in part, because of this, and so um, you have to kind of honor that uh, in some respect. Thank you, sir. We'll chat next week. All right, thanks. Dan. If not sooner, who knows? AP Sports guy Johnny Krasinski. I guess the one delicious aspect to what Kerr did was that it at least it came at the expense of the San Antonio Spurs fans. And, you know, San Antonio is the team with the head coach who tends to have done that from time to time to other teams, almost always on the road. So there might have been some justice to if it's going to happen that suddenly the Spurs home crowd was the one that had to deal with that 
particular reality. We'll come back and uh, prepare. We don't have we have top five at five late at five twenty because we've got uh, Richard Patino scheduled at the top of this hour. Stay tuned. Uh, we're taking a short break. Barrero's back in minutes on the fan. Register to win a $75 gift card to Peter's Billiards at KFAN.com. Keyword contest. Another installment of Dairyland Diaries. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. happened green bay wisconsin oh green bay really well, I, I can't tell it involves the appleton north women's basketball team oh appleton. I, I don't know where this took place yeah near the dells okay regardless i think it's near the dells yeah with appleton yeah it's gone viral today i'm and i'm very torn on this one which i'll explain why in a minute but as the story goes appleton north wins the the uh, the girls basketball team at Appleton North wins the state championship. Good for them. Beating is it pronounced De Pere? D E space capital P E R E. Is that Pere or Pere? It's not Pere. I it's think it is De Pere. I think, but someone will correct us. on Saturday night. And as the story goes, and as the video uh, lays out, that I'm that some of you have probably already seen. If not, I guess we could put it on the show page. Um, a, a member of the Appleton North Girls Championship team is trying to, I guess you could say, reach towards her brother, her little brother, Jalen, who wants to congratulate his big sister, Sid, on winning the title. Apparently, the tradition is he hugged her, he would hug her after every victory, and apparently they had, or every game, and they had a lot of victories. And on this occasion, the Darth Vader of the uh, video is a state high school official in a very uh, stern-looking blazer who basically blocks said path and unfortunately, in this case, the player gave gives up too easily. The player basically follows the, I guess, the urging of said official 
and goes back towards the podium or back towards the viewing stand or wherever they were, where they wherever they were supposed to go. Violence is out of the question. Next. Um, I don't know if said official has now uh, has, has been reached for comment. She's probably... In hiding. She's in danger of becoming one of the most reviled individuals in the culture, which is a little much, given, you know, what she did was not necessarily a uh, a crime. It might have been unpardonable, but it's not a crime. And you look at it, and you really do want to say, you really do, do, do want to say, what's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What are you thinking? What are you, you know... Have the ability, no matter what the rules are in place about interaction between the crowd. And, and by the way, it does not look like on the pit, in the video that this is a Who concert situation where anybody was in danger of being trampled, okay? That there were, like, so many people around the players, in the arena, on the court, that there was great danger that said kid was going to get run over if he had been allowed to congratulate his big sister on winning the state championship. Honestly, that's that is what you want to say to her. Do you have any common sense in your brain? That said, isn't this sort of the latest exhibit of the danger of social media in that this story, this interaction as unfortunate as it is, could have happened in any any decade after a celebration, right? Yeah, something similar could have happened in the in the twenty. Well, maybe not in, if his girls' basketball. I haven't played it that all, that that uh, recently or that far back. But you get my point. It could have happened at any point. Leave gender out of it, and it would have been annoying, probably to the people who saw it in the stands. It might have been annoying to a reporter who observed it and maybe wrote something about it. But it wouldn't be the cause of the century. It wouldn't be that then that person would be considered the very personification of evil on the Internet for a period of time. And that's where I'm torn about how big a deal to make of it and how dangerous it is to go down this particular road, how easy it is now for somebody like that to become that viral. It's it's worthy. Once you know it, you can't unknow it, and you can't help but shake your head and say, God, it just slays me. It's just so stupid. And yet, it's not worth that person... Facing threats. Sanctions. And sanctions, which they'll probably get. There'll, pro- there'll be death threats. There'll be a statement, I'm sure, released. Absolutely. It's not worth that, but that's the world in which we live, and that is the danger of that story that ordinarily eight people would see suddenly being seen by eight million or 80 million or 800 million or a billion, whatever it is. Now, is one thing, I think she's got, the official has one thing on her side. The What's fact that? that the entire state right now is so beside themselves. <laughs> At, the Wisconsin, at Wisconsin's eight yeah. seed compared to specifically the Gophers five, but definitely Wisconsin's number eight seed with a possible matchup against Villanova in the second round, which they'll probably win, by the way. And that that'll be, be the irony. That'll be it. the most annoying thing of all yes. of it. But Who do they play in their opener? They play Virginia Tech. John Lazer's Virginia Tech Hokies in Buffalo, New York. That's an easier team to beat than the team the Gophers are playing. I think it might be. They, although Virginia Tech did beat Duke this year. They've, oh, got, they a, they've okay. got a couple of okay. nice wins. All right. Yeah, Buzz Williams is there. But anyway. Yeah, Buzz Williams, that's right. So you've got that that kind of distracts from everything else that's going on in Wisconsin right now. Literally everything else. Because everyone in Wisconsin is bitter about their seeding. 
Uh, you saw the statement, by the way, from the uh, director of communications for I the did. Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association. Not a surprise. For the safety of the players, coaches, media, and spectators, as well as conducting the award ceremonies in a proficient and efficient manner, the WIAA does its best to keep spectators from entering onto the court at any time. We encourage players, their families, classmates, and others to celebrate and exchange their congratulations, as well as share their joy at the appropriate time after the ceremony. So they're going with, we standing tall, hey, rule's a rule. I guess we could look at it a different way. At least the set official did not, Blunt, you know, did not like forearm sh- apply a forearm shiv. Showed some restraint to the brother, to the little brother, right? I mean, it could have it could have been worse. I guess is what is what they're saying. How rules old did you say the rule. brother was? He looks like he's maybe I'd say he looks like he's I don't know six or seven. Little guy, and and it's let him do it. And, and, and the sisters already her arms are outstretched, like you know, and I think I think she gave up too easily. Put this way, I don't She's think... She's a rule follower? I don't think Lindsey Whalen would have stopped on the amid, uh, you know, on the way to the hug. I think Lindsey Whalen would say, uh, get out of my way, please. I'm going to give my kid brother a hug. No one's... Cats and dogs aren't going to be living together after this if, if, I, if I give my, my brother a hug. Rules are rules, Dan. Yeah, that's what they I mean, say. You're the law and order guy. If I not, usually am. If not for rules, I think later on but it's not, in it, one of the stories you're going to be talking about, you're glad that the hammer's been put down on at least one business that tried to break a rule. There's no question about that. In fact, that could end up They're being the eight-year-old. The, that could be naming our tsunami. They're the eight-year-old right now, and the government is, <laughs> is the security guard. Except that... Adults are responsible for the decision that we're about to talk about later, oh. I think. I think there might be more layers to it than the just sort of unbridled joy. A uh, little brother trying to reach for his big sister. He's proud of her. She wins a state title, and he's he hugs her after every game. And it just so happens that yeah. this is the game that won the state championship for them. But what about the unbridled joy of somebody that wants to get their fifth of vodka on a Sunday? And they do that every Sunday, except this time they could do it here in Minnesota. Richard Patino is scheduled to join us at the top of the hour. You're listening to Dan Barrero on The Fan. We'll move the uh, top five at five to, we hope, the top of uh, the 520 sports fix. We expect Richard Patino to call in about five minutes or so. They're just wrapping up uh, practice this afternoon. Gophers will be traveling to Milwaukee, Guardsy tells me, tomorrow. I assume practicing, doing the news conferences on Wednesday. And uh, they are scheduled for a 3 o'clock Central Daylight Saving Time start on Thursday. So if, if it's on time, it'll start about the time this program starts on Thursday, the opponent, Middle Middle Tennessee State. So we'll catch up with uh, Richard Patino, review the uh, the Big Ten tournament, the injury to Akeem Springs. Uh, now that he does have a little time to react and figure out what might might Plan B be, uh, what his uh, intentions are, or at least as much as he's willing to uh, to pass along to us on that. We'll get to a couple of other. NCAA tournament notes as um, as well. Booth at KFN.com. That is the Bradshaw and Bryant inbox as well. We talked uh, with AP Sports Guy about Vikings uh, free agency uh, comings and goings and a couple other names that, you know, there have been some names that have circulated that I don't know that I get anybody real excited. We do have to add some people, though, don't we? Do we not? Defensive back, 
Uh, we're going to need a little bit of help. Your guy Munnerlin is gone. Um, That's so a sneaky one. It's a sneaky one, and if even if you don't think he's great at this point, he played, and it's a body, and you kind of got to get to the uh, to the bottom of it as well. well so, I heard Greenway in studio with PA and Charge yes, on Friday, right? And he talked about like during the year, he said he couldn't believe that Munnerlin was like up at the end of the year because of all the stuff he had to do and all the stuff he knew. He just it was beside it was beyond him that he's like, wait, you're a free agent at the end of this year? Like, they didn't decide to re-up Whoa. you? Given that he just said he was shocked by it. Sounds like a rip. And this is before, well, I think a rip of the team. Exactly. Yeah. A rip of the organization. He was surprised that yeah. Munderland, for everything that he did, especially in that nickel spot. Sure. Which I thought was pretty interesting to hear from Greenway saying that. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Maybe Greenway, you know, Greenway, he's going to get bored. He's going to get bored, and so maybe he ends got, up like, going down the, kids, the media route, too. You know, maybe he's going to end up being a ripper. Oh, yeah. A you ripper? Know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be an interesting contrast because we talked about with him, he was known among teammates as being one of the great suck-ups within the organization. He he told us, hey, that's not that's not me sucking up. That's just me. I'm asking questions. I'm always asking questions. I'm not, I'm not trying to – it's not like I'm delivering an apple, a shiny apple – to the coaches every day, just to, to to suck up to them. I'm trying to I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to figure out what I need to do at a given moment. But he was viewed. Uh, he he he. What was the name of that award? I can't remember the name of the award. I can't remember. It was got. a pepper shaker, right? That pepper was the shaker. trophy. Yeah, exactly it. So, although it turns out he didn't have it. I don't think he got. I think he said it. He thought it was because uh, somebody thought he might have it. I think Lieber did. Yes. But then Greenway told us he didn't have it, and he thought Heath Farwell. They, they narrowed it down to two possibilities. I think Heath Farwell was one of them. Farwell for sure would be in that mix. Because <laughs> he does. He would be a suck-up, right? Special teams guy, backup linebacker. You got it. The coaches have to have a good feeling about you just to make the team all the time, right? Would, would Especially you, early. Would you be interested in bringing back Adrian Peterson to the uh, the veteran minimum? Yeah, he might have to deal. Sure. He might. That's what it might take. Nobody's. Yeah, he's got it's nothing possible. right now. Yeah, yeah. He at this point apparently has um, absolutely nothing. Although I think part of that is teams sort of waiting to uh, for the for the dust to settle and maybe for uh, the price to come down or maybe Peterson to come to terms with the fact that you know uh, he doesn't really have as many great um, financial options as he might have hoped. That he had uh, previously. We expect Richard Patino here any minute, and then we'll uh, move the top five at five to the five twenty sports fix as well. Lots of uh, tournament action, of course, uh, on the fan. We'll be doing a lot of those live listen-ins. Uh, I think Common likes to do the same thing. Uh, all kinds of good coverage via Westwood One. But as we have uh, talked about before, I mean, it is. It is always more fun to be more directly connected to the NCAA tournament, does it not? And, and I'm not proclaiming that the Gophers are on their way to the Final Four or anything. I, I, I don't know how long they can sustain. But the point is, if you have the local team in, especially if it happens you know, more than once a blue moon, I think, I think for most people here it, it makes it easier to feel more directly connected as opposed to doing it the way we often do, which is, Minnesota-based players or players who played here in high school who have gone around the country and been factors. And by the way, there are several who fall into that mix, including a couple, uh, notably, that play for Eric Musselman at Nevada. And we are intending, we are hoping, that um, 
we'll catch up with Eric. I want to say his Nevada team is also playing on a Thursday. Although I'm not 100% right. sure on They're that. They're playing we'll Iowa check State. It. Is Iowa State any good? They just won the Big 12 tournament again. Well, there you, well, there you go. So uh, we'll, we'll try to mix that in. We'll definitely have Bozich on late in the week. I'm guessing he's going to be in Indianapolis where uh, uh, Louisville and I think Louisville and Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken, are both there. So uh, I'm sure we'll catch up with him. He had a couple of good nuggets today uh, from a college uh, basketball standpoint. And there's uh, been, of course, the requisite belly aching about well this year what's interesting is it it seems to be more of the belly aching less of the belly aching is about who got in more of the belly aching is about seeding about uh, who should have gone where and whether for example wisconsin was too low and then also matchups where is bo ryan is he going to be doing any analysis i'm wondering i wonder if bo bo uh, ryan is uh but it seems like he just sort of disappeared from every place. So I don't know if he's going to make himself at all visible or uh, available at this juncture. But as we said, when Wisconsin kind of went into the tank a little bit, don't sleep on them. You can't forget about them, I don't think. As I think was uh, suggested this weekend, Richard Patino is indeed. Well, I'm, I'm assuming he could speak to that as well. It is, uh, welcome back to the show. It is odd, uh, not odd, I guess it's human nature. A team goes through a cold spell like Wisconsin did. And I can't tell you how many people said, well, Minnesota's not only going to go there and win, they're going to dominate. It's not even going to be close. And we get, I, get, I think we, tend, we do tend to overreact a little bit rather than look at the entire picture of what a team has to offer sometimes. Yeah, I think the first thing is I didn't seed Wisconsin, so I think that would be the – because <laughs> right. for whatever reason I've had people kind of blame uh, me. You know, I've gotten texts from Wisconsin fans, and that, that it, it wasn't between us and Wisconsin <laughs> – uh, I personally think that they're underseeded. Um, I think they should have had a better seed. And I, I thought we would always be a five or a six, and I thought Wisconsin would be right around there. Um, I think they're a terrific team. Um, and, and I think we obviously had a pretty good body of work as well. Yeah, you know, I think there's uh, – I've seen a shot, some video of you reacting to when when the, the the it goes up with Wisconsin's an eight seed on the board, you clearly were were a little bit surprised. I was surprised. You know, you try to figure out, um, you know, the teams in your league, and okay, if this team is this, maybe we'll be this. Um, you know, I, I was a little concerned with Michigan um, starting to win that maybe they would bump us a little bit. Um, for whatever reason, the computer numbers that you look at throughout the course of the year. Uh, had Wisconsin a little bit lower, you know, that RPI and things like that. I obviously know how, how good they are, um, but that one really surprised me. Uh, I thought they'd be a 5-6, a and then they came out with an 8, and that was definitely very surprising. What did you like about what you guys did in the Michigan State game? What did you see that you didn't like against Michigan? Uh, I thought we totally, um, you know, matched their toughness and physicality, Michigan with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. State, obviously. I mean, they're going to, yep. it's going to be a football game when you play them. And, and 
we, you know, Reggie Lynch uh, was extremely tough that game. We were tough. We 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 kind of beat them at their own game, and I think you got to do that a little bit. We were really patient offensively because I think Penn State the game before uh, rushed it a little bit, and that let Michigan State get out on the break. Uh, I did not like the way that we started uh, the Michigan game from a defensive standpoint, and it was hard because you know with the Akeem Springs injury. We were we were down like eight ten points, and I wanted to sub those guys out. But you know, you put Bakari in, you lose offense. Um, you know, you even go with Stephon Sharp to give Nate a little bit of a you know a little sub there, and you're going to lose some offense. So um, we were able to get work on a little bit in practice, um, and hopefully we can start a little bit quicker and guard those jump shooters. You know, Michigan's got. Uh, some terrific shooter from the outside, and we had to try to go small and do some things. But you give Michigan credit. Um, they're a good team, but I did like the way we fought back. I mean, we were down three with 50 seconds to go, and Nate Mason inexplicably fouled, um, you know, which he shouldn't have done. And uh, we kind of they made two free throws, and then we came back, and we got an offensive rebound, and I thought Reggie should have kicked it out. And he kind of threw up a, a difficult shot there. So give them credit. But I actually thought we did a lot of good things versus Michigan. We just didn't start well. The you you had mentioned you know when you have an injury like w- w- that takes place and you don't have a lot of time to react to it. Um, there's not a whole lot you can probably do on the fly. Now you have a few days. Um, can you tell us what you're thinking? I mean, the other thing we we threw around was well maybe a, a desire or willingness to play coffee a little bit more in the backcourt, but. The problem with that is you're still playing him. I mean, it's, he's not an extra guy. He's a starter for you. So what, what, without, I guess, giving away too much of the, uh, of the scouting report here, what's in your mind in terms of how you try to compensate for a pretty significant loss? It's very it's a significant loss. And, and, you know, that's why I think looking back, I'm kind of proud of the way our guys fought to almost beat a Michigan and inspire a Michigan team when two guys played 40 minutes and the other one played 39. Uh, it was difficult, and it is difficult because Akeem, we had a nice little rotation of three guys. When Nate needed a sub, we'd put Dupree at the one. We'd play Akeem at the two. Uh, then when we'd put Nate back in, we'd put Dupree, we'd sub Akeem back out. So we had a good low, uh, rotation going there. So we'll have to work on Amir at the two, um, you know, Michael Hurt and Lamont Gilbert at the three. And then even if, if, we, if need be, put Stefan Sharp at the one. Um, so it's not necessarily the most ideal thing. It, it's definitely an injury uh, that that has hurt us, um, you know, and, and more than anything, it was because of continuity of that. You know, Akeem will still provide great leadership, um, but now we got we got to look at Amir a little bit more at the two just to spell some minutes. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a whole lot of time, you know, if we could stay out of foul trouble and play those main guys, we'll do that as well. I uh, it, It's been a fascinating reaction to the seating, not just the seating, but the matchup. Because, as you know, the way it works in the business is the analysis has to be instant. And people are immediately looking for, let's find upsets, you know, 5 versus 12. And then if the 12 happens to be the team you're playing, Middle Tennessee State, and they're coming off a year ago, shocking the world as a 15 seed, shocking Michigan State, then this has become, as I don't have to tell you, this is the upset everybody's picking. I mean, it, it almost sounds as if you're going into this game fortunate to even show up. Is that... Easy, does that make it easier to motivate your team, or is it weird? It just seems very strange. 
Well, it's it's for a coach. It's a coach's dream um, <laughs> because I, I I actually was in the Sun Belt when when Middle Tennessee was in our league, so I know what type of coach Kermit Davis is. A terrific coach, and he's done a great job. I mean, they even you know they moved up in conferences to Conference USA, and they didn't miss a beat. So I've got a lot of respect for them, um, you know. But your your players, they naturally want people to talk about them in a good light, and I told them today. I just said, listen, guys. I mean. You've the whole season, um, and I don't want to say disrespect. It's not the right word because when you win eight games and you don't have a whole lot of equity built up, you're not going to get a lot of respect. But when you you have a really good season like we did, you know you expect some good things to be said about you. And, and nationally, there's just been so much talk about oh, you know Minnesota doesn't have a chance. And I know that's a very good team we're playing. And you know normally in the NCAA tournament. You're not getting any easy games unless you're a one or a two seed in that first first round. So, um, you know, it's a trendy pick. I know they're a good team. And I just told my team, I said, listen, if, if you want to, you know, gain respect, you're going to have to let your play do the talking like you've done all season. How do they play? What's their style? They, you know, it's a little unorthodox. Um, we've played two teams this season who have done this. They play on a make of 1-3-1 back to a 2-3, kind of morphs into a 2-3. Uh, Texas, uh uh, Arlington did it and Georgia Southern did it. So we have a little bit of, um, you know, experience versus it, but nobody in our conference plays that way. They do a kind of a switching man to man on misses. Um, and they run a lot of really good stuff offensively. So he's always had a lot of interchangeable parts. He's got three terrific players who, who make up a lot of their points. Um, you know, and, and he's, he, they play very, very hard. So defensively, we got to recognize that stuff. Um, you know, or excuse me, offensively versus their defense, we got to recognize what we need to run, and then defensively, they run a lot of good stuff. So it, we got to be on edge with that as well. Um, the I'm looking at a uh, piece written by a guy you know well, Rick Bozich out of Louisville, and he's kind of got a, got a bunch of tournament nuggets today. One of which has to do with the various coaching trees, and he mentions that uh, at the top of the list in terms of numbers is not Coach K, not Larry Brown, not. Homer Drew, but, of course, your dad, uh, Rick Pitino, he includes you in the tree. We'll talk about that in a minute, whether you should be more in the Donovan tree or your dad's tree. Uh, but then also, uh, Kevin Willard, Seton Hall, Mick Crone in Cincinnati, and Kevin uh, 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 Keats out of UNC Wilmington as well. So that's number one on the list. So should you be – I don't know. I mean, sometimes I think you more belong under the Billy Donovan tree than the, than the Rick Pitino tree. What do you think? I would say I, um, I, I, my influence um, is a lot more Donovan than people think, um, and, and I think you kind of lump it all together. Um, but I just uh, I don't necessarily coach like my dad, um, and that's not that my dad's not a good coach. He's obviously a phenomenal coach, um, you know. But we we play a little bit different than he does. Uh, but there's an influence of both. I think um, you know, you're, I'm lucky to have both of them, um, you know, to lean on with certain things. But, you know, people, I think people kind of overrate my, my dad's influence uh, on my program. Like I always, I always get on him and say, Oh, you know, great, great job winning at Kentucky. You know, nobody's done that one before uh, or great job winning at Louisville. Nobody's done that. Um, you know, but he's, he's, he's obviously a, a huge, huge fan. So I, I talked to Billy actually today for first time in a while. And um, he's always good with a lot of good nuggets as well. The well, you know, you've been through some tournament runs with both of those coaches. Uh, you know, th there's that age-old question about do you do the best coaches? 
how do you coach differently during a tournament, especially if you're lucky enough to get on a little bit of a run, you know, where you win a, a day, a game, and you got a day off and you got to play again? And if you're lucky, you, you, you repeat the process the following week and even the week after that. What, what did you learn about that process from them or, or even on your own as, it, as, it, as, it, as, it, as it's opposed to the approach you would take during a regular season? You know, I think that I don't really think there's a whole lot of a difference, to be quite honest with you. You know, obviously, you know, you lose, you're done. Um, but I, I never noticed my dad or Billy coaching differently. Um, you know, and I was able to go three elite eights in a final four and five years with those two guys. Um, I, I think it comes down to as a coach, can you, you know, my day to day was occupied with a lot of media requests. And, you know, it's always good for you to get your program out there. Uh, but then are you able to compartmentalize and get your players to, you know, embrace the fanfare and the hoopla because it's great and you've earned it to get focused on the right things. Um, you know, and I think my dad and Billy, they both were terrific tournament time at doing that, but also making sure your guy's not too tight, you know, that they got to, they can't be scared to play, you know, they got to go out and play freely. Um, you know, and, and, and the biggest thing, uh, you know, it's like people, always ask me what's the toughest place to play in, in, in our conference. Well, it's normally Michigan state because it's a tough environment. They get the best players, you know? So it, it's a matter of, of, you know, getting your guys to play right at the right time. And I do think we're playing well at the right time. That's a good thing. The, the, the question of, like you said, not of, of not playing scared. I mean, you, you can't win playing that way, whether the group you have has much tournament experience or not. It never works that way. Is that something you have, you have, or will address with them directly? And 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 how do you also discuss, or or do you concern yourself with the question of whether youth can be served, or lack of tournament experience can still be served this time of year? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, somebody asked me today what what would be the one thing you'd want with a tournament team, and I said experience. And I don't have one player on the roster that's been in an NCAA tournament, so um, I I, I got to do my best to just prepare them for what's coming. Um, you know, the NCAA tournament's a little unique in the sense there's a lot of sitting around. You know, you're, you're sitting in locker rooms. You're waiting for media. You're kind of busting over to a different gym. You know, you're doing an open practice that's just getting a lot of shots up. Um, you know, but the biggest thing is make sure they understand that don't put too much pressure on yourself. Go have fun. And I think they've got to look at me with that. So, you know, I, I've got to make sure that, that I'm – as loose as I possibly can be with them and get them to just focus on the game plan. Don't worry about anything else. And, and hopefully we can do that and get them to execute properly because middle Tennessee is a team you got to do that with. Oh, I think the last time we spoke, we, we spent some time on, on, uh, on Jordan Murphy. And the feeling I got from you then was that the key to Murphy kind of turning his season around was, uh, not necessarily worry, worrying about plays being run for him, just going out and defending and rebounding and being in the right place at the right time. And if you do that, you're going to end up with a legitimate scoring opportunities as well. Um, how important is whatever you guys are able to do uh, this, from this point forward on this uh, this tournament run, how important is he? And, and is that sort of the key to what seems to have you know uh, unleashed some pretty effective play through much of the stretch where that where your team kind of you know solidified itself. Yeah, we we won what eight in a row, and Murph had I don't know how many double doubles throughout that course, but he might have said seven. Then he got in foul trouble at Wisconsin, and it was very difficult for us. Yep. Um, 
he's extremely important to that. And, and, you know, the conversation that we really had was stop worrying about touches on the low block, go get the ball, have the mentality of go getting an offensive rebound. Um, you know, just being that kind of that junkyard dog. And, you know, when that, when you do that, you'll find touches elsewhere. And to his credit, he embraced that mentality um, and he's produced, you know, and he's been able to get, easy baskets in transition, easy baskets off of an offensive rebound or just a catch and rip attacking the rim. That's where he's gotten really good. Like he's kind of caught in on the perimeter and dribbled into the post. Um, and, and he's been much more effective with that. So, you know, his emergence, uh, I think Nate Mason obviously is well playing at the level that he has has been the reason why we've won nine of 11 to finish the season. The, the, in general, the Big Ten has uh, been criticized this year as not being worthy of some of the other conferences. That stuff can get oversimplified, obviously. But in terms of even the, even the seeding, you could largely see that that is the case. You, 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 you know this conference well. You know other conferences well because you've coached elsewhere, and you got a pretty good handle on what the, the best is in, in college basketball. Do you sense that the Big Ten, at least going into this tournament, has kind of gotten what it's deserved on the basis of this season, or do you think that there's a good chance it's being the conference is being underestimated? You know, I, my my take on it is this: I think people are obsessed with rankings, um, and we we didn't have a lot of teams in the rankings during the whole season. Uh, I guess you could say what was Purdue, Wisconsin, a little bit, and Maryland. Uh, we were in it. We had a cup of coffee in the rankings, and then we lost five in a row. And I never want to go back into the rankings, um, you know. But I think, I think the, the the national scope of it all is that top twenty-five. We haven't had a lot of teams in it, but I do think that we have a lot of teams from twenty-five to forty. So at the end of the day, we got seven in. I think that's the second most to the ACC. Uh, you know, ACC probably has at the top. You know, some teams that you could say, okay, they could win a national championship uh, or go to a Final Four. Um, where I do think that with our with our conference, I don't think a lot of teams would want to play Michigan State as a nine seed. Um, you know, obviously Wisconsin at an eight seed, eight seed is extremely dangerous. I think when we're good, we're pretty good. Maryland's obviously uh, terrific when they're good, and Purdue can beat anybody at any given night. So, you know, are we the best? Uh, I don't know, but I think we're one of the best, and we've got great balance and quality and i tell you what more than anything i think it's been an entertaining conference um you know so it, it's been a fun conference to be a part of and, and and i think that we'll represent you know our conference well in the big dance last question who is the best uh, who are the best maybe one or two teams you have watched this season i think carolina is the best team um and, and i i believe they got a one seed mm. uh if i'm not mistaken yep. did they yes yeah I think that they're probably the most impressive team that I've watched. Duke has, for whatever reason, hasn't um, you know broken through just yet, but they've obviously got terrific talent. Um, Villanova just doesn't seem frazzled by a whole lot. Uh, I would say probably those teams are, are the most impressed that I've been. You know, Kentucky obviously has got great talent. They're young, um, and Gonzaga is Gonzaga. You know, they're, they're they're pretty impressive. So those teams, any of them can be really good. I haven't watched Kansas much. Uh, so I'm not sure about them. I, I would say if you had, if I had to pick a team that I thought would be the best team in the country right now, I, I think it would be North Carolina. By the way, we talked about the possibility of your players being, you know, nervous or trying to make sure they just go out and play a little bit. Are you going to be nervous? 
I'm sure I'll be a little bit nervous. You know, uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of always get a little bit nervous before the games. But you know what? I get more nervous about the games where, you know, like everybody's like, oh, they can't lose that game. I get a little nervous about those. Um, I'll be excited, I think, as we get closer to it uh, because I've been close to the NCAA tournament as a head coach, um, you know, and obviously. Walk to create a world free of MS. You can join us for Walk MS at U.S. Bank Stadium on April 30th. Team up with friends, loved ones, and coworkers to change the world for everyone affected by MS. Register for Walk MS today at KFAN.com. Keyword events. Hopelessly behind, so we'll uh, hold off on the 520 Sports Fix at least until next segment. We can't. I don't think we can do it at 555 because we got at 555. We got the... The Prism Research, Prism Prism Research Show Wrap. We can do that. We've done that at 610, oh, actually, oh, historically. All right. All right, so well, we can do it at any time. Maybe we do it that way. Maybe we do go uh, then the uh, top five at five. What you're saying is we have too much show. We do because next segment we got to announce the uh, – we got to name the new tsunami that, that hit us over the weekend with – what was it officially like at the airport? Was it like about five inches? Or yeah, something? I think like out here by where we live, it was a good three inches. I, so uh, pretty, I want to say – Pretty sizable. Yeah, but – Sizable, but again, uh, I mean, you know me. I love Fox Nine, for example. I watch that every morning, Fox Nine Morning News, and they let every newscast with this snowfall. And I'm still scratching my head. And I'm, in fact, they, one of the reporters even interviewed a woman who said, "There, you know, the, the old breathless one. You know what? What do you think?" And she says, eh, "March in Minnesota, we we got a healthy snow." Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Awful. It, it, it is amazing. Did what, we see this one coming? The, what the? Yes, this one was seen uh, for sure. But it was it was what I would classify as a moderate snowfall. Uh, we'll go ahead and name the tsunami because we've had so few chances to do that. I, I wouldn't really call it a tsunami. I wouldn't really call it a, a, a blizzard. I wouldn't really call it all that. Um, well, it's always dangerous if there's if slick spots in the ground, but that can be with a half an inch of snow. But we that's where we've come to. Now in March, I guess especially in a year where we've had very little snowfall in general. Yes. You get a four-inch snowfall, and it leaves the news. Well, don't forget, too, they've got remorse from the 20-foot snowfall that never came. That's true. Like everybody. They were loaded up. The loins were girded for that one. <laughs> well, and, and we never yeah, had to do right it, right? Yeah. We never got to get to that mm-hmm. one. And people were mad about that one. And so they had, I think, overcompensate for not getting to do it. Here in the metro, we obviously know what happened in Rochester sure. and other parts, but here in the metro, we haven't so had much. We'll name the Snownami a next segment officially, and um, well, the 555 Sports Fix. Interesting that Richard Patino did not name Louisville as one of the top teams. Now that could be taken two ways. One keeps the pressure that's in this town keeps the pressure off the old man, yeah, uh, a little bit. Or and, and frankly. There are a lot of people who view Louisville as ha- they've obviously had a very good season. They're two. And they're always a threat. Yes. But not necessarily. I don't think Bozich considers them a, a, a national champion. F- and he would know. Favorite. We'll talk to him, I'm sure, later in the week. But um, that was kind of interesting to hear 
from uh, Richard Pitino. And it sounds like we are going to see some, some coffee in the backcourt. Makes sense. Which is really what you have to do. And you move some other people up front. You move a couple of people around. Uh, I, there, I, the idea of bringing a new player into the mix and asking him to play major minutes at this point is, I think, ridiculous. I think that's what we're going to find out. Like he even said, though, these yeah. guys are playing. I mean, Coffee's already playing 32 minutes. That's true. Nate Mason's already been playing. They're, they're not looking for a ton of minutes. They're just looking for a few. A few, yeah. And you hope that you just kind of hold it together. Like you could tell towards the end of the Big Ten tournament, they were – scared of playing Kanate, for example, you know, to take away the, you know, the guard part of this, just the big guy. When the big guys got in foul trouble, you just tell like, Hey, we love him, but we can't play him. Like no. he just can't do no, it. Not for very long. And, and he just hasn't played as well as he can lately, which isn't that well to what begin with. Whatever happened to Jeju? He's still on the team. Gaston Jeju. Yeah. Remember him? Yeah, of course. He was good. They were going to be the bookends. Major minutes. They were going to be the twin towers twin at towers. one point. Bash brothers. But that has not obviously worked no. out. Uh, a good email that kind of illustrates the absurdity of the analysis at this time of year. 30 wins in that Michigan State upset are easy reasons why the experts love Middle Tennessee, but everybody is a know-it-all. Just read one site insisting this is a no-brainer upset because the Gophers are just 9-7 and seven in their last 16 games. Guess they didn't also notice that they're also a 9-2 and two in their last 11. Best advice, do your own research and then pick. Yeah, accordingly. Next that question. said, I, I, I do think that's too low a seed for Middle Tennessee State. But at some point, it's it's what Patino said to us. I mean, you can say everybody other than one or two, you can you can break it down and go, God, they, well, they, well, that's going to be, that might be a little bit harder on paper, at least going in, than, than you might think. But you, you got to play. You know, you play and you show up and you got to win. And, and if you're going to be afraid of every matchup and everything, uh, every reason why you might get bumped off, then you don't even bother showing up, right? I mean, it, it, if you're a five, you're supposed to beat a 12. Yeah. Even though the odds makers call to pick them. 54% on BPI, your favorite. I don't even know if I 50, said that right. No, it's 52% on uh, 538. Oh, I just saw Maybe I saw another one on ESPN. 54% that we win or we lose? Win. Oh, okay. I think B, uh, 538 has us 52%. Well, we better split the difference and find and somebody the that has 53. And the odds it's 50-50. Uh, we'll come back and name the latest Snownami, even if that's a bit of an exaggeration. 555 Sports Fix is yet to come as well. You're listening to Barrero on The Fan. Tsunami toxic, tsunami high-level competitive stuff. What else was on the nomination list? Tsunami Blackhawks, Tsunami yeah. Microwave, Tsunami mm. Kelm Helgen. Yeah, always a, always, a, always a reliable one. I think we named one Kelm Helgen. I think Helgen we did, actually, yeah. Earlier this year. Tsunami 11-2 for all you Minnesota United fans out there. Welcome. <laughs> I'd say welcome, Major League Soccer, to the Bumper to Bumper it's show. It's okay to play defense, too, I think. I, I think so. It's okay. It's 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 legal. To play defense in that league, but go ahead. Snonami Deathwish, and then Snonami Certix. Yeah. As you mentioned, Certix is the winner. They're in the news, and I'm not actually here to praise them. I'm just here to say it's uh, it's 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 an A topic. There's not any question about it. For those who don't know, um, a very 
well-established, historic enterprise known as Certix Liquor and Cheese Shop. It's been around forever. And um, apparently the owner, Jim Certix, decided to open his doors for business yesterday. Even though the um, legal start of uh, Sunday liquor sales was scheduled for just in time for the 4th of July, ironically enough. Interestingly enough, July 2. Uh, Jim Certic, according to Star Tribune, opened his doors for business on Sunday, even though the repeal, as we said, was not going to go into effect till July, uh, until July 2nd. B-E-E-R-R-U-N, B-E-R-R-U-N. He, um, I saw one interview in which he said he was uh, then contacted by, I believe, uh, I want to say the city of Minneapolis or some official, who basically said you got to close it down, and his answer was, of course, the glib non-answer, which was, how can I? The place is full. Well, of course, the place is full for one reason. He opened his doors. He unlocked his doors. and um, Had a little bit of a come-and-get-me-copper vibe to him. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. And the upshot, as of today, the update to the story, and, and that makes it, I think, this makes it even more Snownami-worthy. Um, the city has ruled as of earlier today, that Certix must pay a fine of $2,000. That's chicken feed, I'm sure, for Certix. That's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket. Here's where there's some teeth. Liquor license suspended for 30 days in July. Starting? Starting, I'm assuming, July 2. That first Sunday. 30-day suspension. This after the repeal of the state's 159-year ban on Sunday liquor sales. In the letter... Uh, Grant Wilson, who's listed here as the Minneapolis licensing manager, he's the guy who called Certic to tell him to close and then showed up at the liquor store Sunday afternoon. Um, he sends a letter today saying that Certic knowingly and intentionally refused to abide by a lawful notice in order to cease such legal illegal sales, and he's the one who ordered the suspension, uh, the 30-day suspension. Um, Wilson also said Certic could argue against the proposed sanctions to the city's Community Development and Regulatory Services Committee. If Certic denies that he sold alcohol on Sunday, which, as the Star points out, would be rather difficult I at love this that. point, yeah. he has a right to an administrative hearing. I don't know if anybody's reached him yet. Um, the uh, place was founded in 1934 by Certic's grandfather, Polish immigrant Joseph Sertic. So That's a great place. It's a great place. I'm yeah. not going to sit here and pretend it isn't, but I, I got to tell you, I, I, I'm i not won over. I'm not seduced by the, you go for it, man. You show them. Ah, how, how cute and clever. I don't think there's anything cute or clever about this. I really don't. I, I think he's getting, I think the place is getting exactly what it deserves. You want to play that game? Go ahead. You can open. But... If you're suddenly deciding for whatever the reason that you're not going to play by the rules because you think it's absurd that you have to wait until then when everybody else is playing by that rule, I got no sympathy for you. I say say throw the book at them. I don't think that because it's a cherished and popular institution with sort of a a, a great rep that that means you give them a free pass. Because I dare say if the name wasn't that famous or that recognizable, I have a hunch... The people who are kind of chuckling and saying, good for you, good to throw it back in their face, 
would be saying something very different. So I got no sympathy if for If it him. was Total Wine and Liquor, for example, like a big box <laughs> store. And I'm just saying. No, it's a fair point, if actually. It was the, and it was the big person saying, wow, $2,000 fine for us. We don't care. It's a very fair point. Come if on in. If it's more of a, 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 a faceless place. Corporate that, greed. And more corporate, it becomes corporate greed. Uh, what he did was greedy. Sorry. And now he's paying for it unless there's some kind of appeal and maybe he's able to be successful. So go ahead and do it. It's definitely tsunami worthy because it's the A topic. People are talking about it all over town. But I got I I I I'm not I'm not I don't I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, frankly. Uh, but I'm not necessarily chuckling over it and say, ah, yeah, you know what? That's a guy kind of kind of throwing a shock to the system and kind of tweaking the system. I'm not exactly sure what it proves. I, I'm not exactly sure what the point is. Um, bureaucracy being what it is. Whatever I, I don't know how they decided on that date, but they did. And so if that's the date, that's the date, and everybody has to agree to it, and end of story, I, I don't think you get to unilaterally basically thumb your nose at the law. I, I, I don't care if you're famous. I don't care if you're somebody who's considered popular. I, I say again, if it's a box store or a name that we don't recognize quite the same way, he'd get hammered. So I, I don't find it particularly cute, cuddly, or clever. Do you think – now, it's tougher now because before this suspension came down, the liquor license suspension, yes. some of us were talking – I think Dave Allen and I were talking and some other people about you know, on the front end yesterday, what's the fine? Oh, 2000 Yeah, no problem. Absolutely. We'll, we'll pay it. And you could do come and get you copper because Absolutely. the publicity – Hundreds of thousands of dollars of advertising. And by right? the way, it still might. There may be a lot of people who are on his side and say they like the, the foreign protest. And you know what? I had a hard time getting there as often as I used to because it was just a pain. I'm going to make a point of getting there the rest of the summer. That was my question is will the people now, will, 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 will this, because yesterday it was easy to say, oh, two grand, I'll pay it. I'm going to make up True. for it. Now you're talking about a month where they're not going to be able uh, to open. That's a long time. So does that offset it? But are there enough people like you just mentioned that are going to help it along and say, I don't get to Certix like I should. I used to live in Northeast Minneapolis. Absolutely. It was great. Now I live yeah. in Maple Grove. We're going to run by there this weekend, and we're going to we're going to help them sustain through that month because that's a long time to not sell booze. My guess is he won't make that up because a month, like you said, thirty days is thirty days. But I, it's 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 the fair question. I just I just don't like it when we determine whether we like the rebel on the basis of who the rebel is, as opposed to what the rebel does. And and as I said, I think if it's the names less less little less little less recognizable. I, I think it'd be like, oh, what? oh, he didn't think he can he can just play by his own rules. No, we got we got laws and that's what they're there for. And you're supposed to abide by them. I think we would view it less, um, shall we say, quixotically less. Enter, we would be less entertained by the entire enterprise. Top five. Something actually worked out for Golden Gopher fans. We'll discuss that. The Wolves are back in action. And stop me if you've heard this before. The Wild lost to the Blackhawks after outplaying them. Barrero's back in minutes on the fan. Just in case you missed it, it's the top five sports talkers of the day. Now, it's time for Dan Barrero's top five at five, fueled by Super America. We moved some things around today because we had Richard Patino at the uh, top of the 5 o'clock hour, so we uh, have the 555 Sports Fix now. We'll be bringing you the Prism Research Show Wrap next segment, reminding you of what you uh, might have missed. We'll try to catch you up. But to a certain degree, 
The 555 Sports Fix is a catch-up game as well regarding what we think or what really you think might be the top five at five talkers. Yeah, you really gave me a lot of latitude here. That's a lot of trust. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid too much trust. Hashtag family. Yeah. Forget about me, I love you. That's it. Hashtag faith. We got to start here. Now, first and second round games in Milwaukee on Thursday night. The Minnesota Golden Gophers are the number five seed. Coach Richard Pitino, the 2017 Big Ten Coach of the Year. Mm. And the Gophers are in celebration mode. Wait for it. Great turnaround on the year. Great turnaround for Richard Pitino when this team has played at a high level most all season long. Okay, see thanks, Clark. About this. They will play the number 12 seed. Greg Blue even sets Raiders it up there. Middle Tennessee, they ran through Conference USA, winning 17 of 18 regular season games, the regular season championship, won the tournament title. They've done a lot. And it cuts off there, but Seth Davis basically said, end the tournament. The Gophers shouldn't even go to Milwaukee. That's where it is. The Gophers, if you haven't heard, are a five seed, second highest Big Ten seed behind Purdue in this year's NCAA tournament. What's they Purdue, will take a four? on. They are a four. Okay. Uh, Maryland, I believe, is a six. Wisconsin is an eight. Michigan, a six. Michigan State, eight or nine. But regardless, Gophers are in five twelve. And as I teased before, it worked out for Golden Gopher fans because they get to go to Milwaukee, which is drivable. And you can get there. And it's Thursday at 3. You can even stop in Elk Mound and try to find Gerby. You could. Oh, great idea. Yeah. Really good idea. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he'll have some thoughts on all the people coming across. I'm I sure bet he will. probably yeah, will. He'll love it. But not only is your team in the NCAA tournament, which doesn't happen very often, yeah. but it's a drivable distance in a Midwest town. You know it very well. It's easy to get there. We've been able to do that for Twins Brewer Series when they're not in the middle of the week. You know, that travesty that we deal with now every year. So. Sometimes it all just works out for you. Well, or does it? I mean, they are playing a tough opponent. It doesn't sound like we're going to be able to stay for the entire weekend or at least uh, through Saturday. I'm looking at yet another expert analytics breakdown of the most likely upsets. Wall Street Journal hired some guy named Ice Eeskowitz. And Eeskowitz got all his little data together. And went back and uh, he studied 33 upsets since 2011. Wow, that's impressive. And what he's found is the commonality of those upsets. Underdogs tend to have the same traits, he finds. They protect the ball on offense. Yep. Force turnovers on defense. They crash the offensive boards and control the defensive boards. In other words, they tilt the possession balance their way through steals and rebounds. Jeez, that's Middle Tennessee. For those reasons, Iskowitz likes number 11 Xavier over number 6 Maryland. Goes another Big Ten team. And number 12 Middle Tennessee over number 5 Minnesota, which, as they point out, happens to be the most popular upset picks, those two picks, in ESPN's brackets contest and have the highest probabilities in Ken Pomeroy's system. But it's also unusually bullish on number 12 Princeton, Beating number five, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Those are the top three. Interesting. According to Ken Palm, 45.7% chance Middle Tennessee upsets Minnesota. Iskowitz puts it at 62%. That they win? Middle that, Tennessee? That Middle Tennessee wins. Wow. It's unbelievable. So I. Do you think I, Patino put on the board for Iskowitz? Do you think we send it to him? you think we send him the well, Wall Street Journal story? Uh, he did tell us when he joined us at 5 that... Coach's dream. It is a coach's dream because you're you're looking at it like you 
you don't want your team to get fat because of the assumption that as a five, you're supposed to beat a 12. I don't even know in this case whether he... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you'd want it or not, it's possible to be anything else. I mean, we're basically going in as a pick'em game or a slight underdog in this ballgame, according to pretty much everybody. You did talk to Richard Pitino about an hour ago, and you asked him about what he gleaned from his time with his father on the bench as an assistant coach as well as on the bench of Billy Donovan. He took a couple of cheap shots at his dad. One on the record, one kind of reading between the lines. But in terms of what he learned, what's important come tournament time from his dad and Billy Donovan. Are you able to compartmentalize and get your players to you know, embrace the fanfare and the hoopla because it's great and you've earned it to get focused on the right things. Um, You know, and I think my dad and Billy, they both were terrific tournament time at doing that, but also making sure your guy's not too tight, you know, that they gotta, they can't be scared to play. You know, they gotta go out and play freely. Um, You know, and and the biggest thing, uh, you know, it's like people always ask me, what's the toughest place to play in, in, in our conference? Well, it's normally Michigan State because it's a tough environment. They get the best players, you know. So it's a matter of, of, you know, getting your guys to play right at the right time. And I do think we're playing well at the right time. That's a good thing. Gophers tip off 3 o'clock in Milwaukee against Middle Tennessee State. There are no more tickets available from the University of Minnesota. They've sold out of their allotment there. But you can buy tickets at Ticketmaster.com. There are still some available as of about 15 or 20 minutes ago. Upper levels still available, reasonably priced just for that morning session, or you can buy all session because if you want to watch uh, later tonight, they've got that, or later Thursday night, they've got that pod as well. So Thursday night, 3 o'clock, there you go. Anything else tournament-wise you think needs worth uh, well, we, the discussing? Only, I, I mentioned this while I was tap dancing, while you were trying to find another coach we were supposed to have on and couldn't, that this year, in terms of the pundits, I thought there was a lot more whining about seeding yes. as opposed to who got in and who didn't. There's some about Syracuse and maybe Illinois State, but not that much. No, it's, it's, it's more, not about who's in. It's about where they it's are. It's about where they are and whether they were properly seeded. And I, you look. I I get some of the criticisms, but I got to admit, I, I get bored with it pretty fast. And in the defense of the people doing the criticizing, they're now part of like five-hour shows. Literally, five-hour shows. If you have five hours to break down the bracket, it's done as a society material to start with. But beyond that, you're almost forced, I think, to find everything that you find objectionable uh, in addition to, to, to breaking down the matchups. So... I do think Wisconsin was seated a little bit low, but I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, they're and they're going to be Villanova round two. And they're yeah, that well, that would be a that'd be a hell of a story. I know, no question that's about what that. I'm, is that sick? That that's what I'm worried about. It is sad, but it's un, not unusual for Minnesota sports fans who basically they rather have the Packers win than the uh, the Packers lose and the Vikings win. Like, you'll come in and for you rather have Wisconsin lose yeah. than the the Gophers win. You'll come in on, for Sunday because they're Thursday, Sunday in Buffalo. You'll come in Sunday sermons nine to eleven. They have everything. We have nothing. Be, that'll be yeah. You'll that be talking be the about theme again. 
the Wisconsin Badgers advancing to another Sweet 16, this time knocking off Villanova. And we've already been eliminated by the, the, the you know, Destiny's Darlings, Four Middle, days Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. Who then lost to Butler by yeah. 30. Well, that's po- you know, that, would be, like that, that would be very concerning. No, I, um, you know, uh, Rich Pitino th- said he thought North, North Carolina was the best team he's seen this year. Very interesting. Which I thought was interesting. Uh, I know some people have picked them. Some others, not so much. It, You know, is it a year... You know, there there are years where people say there's you know fifteen to twenty teams can win it. Is this that timey kind of year? I don't know because no. I haven't watched enough college basketball. I don't think know. so. I do know that I do feel it's always better to be more directly connected with a tournament by having a local team in it, no matter how far they do or don't go. It it feels better. You feel far less removed than when we do what we normally do, which is all right. Minnesota kids playing for other teams, making runs, and we'll still track those. But uh, it seems more artificial than when at least you're in it. Uh, forever length of the time that they are in it, it's healthier that way. You feel like, I yeah. think it's worth knowing. You want to know more about what else is going on in the tournament under those conditions, and we're going to try to keep doing that. We expect, we hope to get Eric Musselman the next couple of days as well. All kinds of Minnesota connections on the team and with him as well, former uh, Wolves assistant, um, who's now coaching at Nevada. Anyway, you were saying. It's just a lot easier when your team is involved, when your local team is involved. I think involved. it is, yeah, across the board. And... Like you say, I'm curious. About, I, I, the other thing to mention is I am as curious as anybody to see what the Big Ten does. Me too. Whether, you know, the fact that they've been sort of downgraded on the basis of, and I think for some good reason analytically in terms of the, the, the over the course of the season, but I still think that I'm still curious to see what, uh, you know, what Minnesota can do, what Wisconsin does do, what Michigan does with all this momentum, because I can give you just as many teams that do nothing with Big Ten with with, with conference tournament momentum, yes. as teams that don't, you know, that 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 make a run with it. I mean, it's about fifty fifty on whether that's any kind of indicator about what you do. I do think they're an intriguing team the way they play when they're playing well, and that that is a a form of play that could translate well to the postseason if they're on. It has a couple of different times yes. with that coach, right, Correct. at West Virginia and here. Right. Speaking of the postseason. It's going to be anxious if these two teams meet. You know, you follow a goalie for 68 games. You sort of know his his traits and his trends, and uh, he didn't he didn't look like he was following puck well. You know, for want of a better term. That is Bruce Boudreaux talking about his starting goaltender Devin Dubnik, who was pulled after two shots yesterday because they both went in against the Chicago Blackhawks. Were they soft goals? I don't know if they were soft goals, but they just it didn't look like he said there in the post game too. I also heard he said there was another goal. Or another shot that just kind of went wide, and I could just tell he didn't have a good read on it. He admitted, I think, the real reason he pulled him after the game, Boudreaux. That he was sick of being down? Sick of being down, two goals to the Blackhawks. Yeah. I'm not sure that's a good enough reason, but bottom line is, I, I have I've downplayed this obsession with the losing a game to the Blackhawks, but Russo has convinced me that it's worthy of consideration because you have this issue where you're going to probably have to play him. And you've never won a game there. And if you've never won a game, I'm talking about in the postseason. Mm-hmm. If you've never won a game there in the three meetings, then I do think your objective is to give yourself every built-in opportunity or advantage that you might not have had previously. Does that end up having to be the difference? No, but you're you're looking for that, are you not? You're looking for every advantage you can get given that that particular history, and that's why it would have been helpful. To turn things around and and take care of business, even if you get out of there with a point, right? 
uh, to 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 uh, continue to hold off the Blackhawks or stay ahead of the Blackhawks. Which and same reason why getting a point a couple of weeks ago when you were off when they played here yeah. on that uh, Tuesday night, I believe well, it was. They played their asses off the rest of the game, and then Crawford did what he does. I mean, he just That's dominated the, the game. Some people on Twitter yesterday were saying, "I know people don't believe me, but it just feels different when these two teams play this year." And I say. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I, it doesn't, and it doesn't mean that they doesn't, can't win. Doesn't, pl- doesn't it's not different enough. It might be a little bit different, but not enough because if they have much confidence. Crawford is still insane yes. somehow against the Wild, and you saw it again yesterday. It's three two. The Wild have like nineteen shots in a row. Yep. All of a sudden, is it Seabrook? I don't. I don't remember, I don't remember who scored. But it's a breakaway, and it's gone, and it's 4-2. You're seconds away from tying the game multiple times, and one shot for them. They can be outplayed for a good 10-minute stretch, and it doesn't matter because they've got high-end finishers, and they just know how to dagger you. Uh-oh. Dubnik released. Are you sitting down for this? I am sitting down. I hope, I hope, I hope our listeners are, and I hope if they're driving, they'll, they'll slow down a little bit. Well, geez. This, now is, this is amazing. This is about as shocking, and it's from the Associated Press. Breaking. They're calling this breaking news, okay? UConn selected as number one overall seed in women's NCAA tournament. Oh! <laughs> that's, that's, that's breaking. That's breaking. That is that not a little urgent for what might be stating the obvious you more than alert. any other sports statement that is obvious? UConn, the number one, be still my beating heart. Number one overall seed. Not just number one seed in their region. UConn is the overall number one seed in the NCAA women's basketball tournament. They've won 306 in a row. Yes. And they've won an endless number of NCAA titles. But just in case you were wondering, that is breaking news. Why do you um, spring that kind of stuff I don't know. I don't mean to scare you. I don't mean to scare you. That was unfortunate. Yes. Minnesota Timberwolves back in action tonight. Big one tonight. Washington Wizards. Here. Scotty Brooks coaches them Are the now. Wizards sitting the, the wall and Beal? That'd I think, be helpful to us. I think they're all playing. The Wolves oh. had a really nice victory over Golden State on Friday night, then lost on the road to the Milwaukee Bucks That's correct. on Saturday. Stirring victory Friday. It was a lot of fun to watch. Rubio again was masterful. Yeah, he was. And, and then they uh, lost on Curry the missed back a couple end of shots of late, and then, yeah, and then they, they negated it to a certain degree. I mean, you could say that's a tough game to win and all that nonsense, but that's you got to win. you got to win. I said 10 in a row. AP guy thinks that's a little bit too much to ask, but I, you got to get a winning streak. It cannot be winning three out of five. It's got to be winning eight out of nine. It just does. You could say that's unfair, but that's the only way, if it matters to you, that you're really going to get in this thing for good because they're now three and a half out. That's a good place to end the I top five. I think it's five three five. in the loss side. Okay. Technically. I'll take your word for so it. So that's a game in hand kind of a thing there. Very they complicated. They call it in hockey. Uh, what are we going to come back with? The Prism Clinical Research Show Wrap. We'll do that. Including some more sound from Richard Patino. Even better when we return here in the fan. This is Dan Barrero on the fan. Hey. The Bumper to Bumper Show Wrap, brought to you by Prism Clinical Research.
better late than never for the uh, highly controversial prism research bumper to bumper wrap on today's program in which we attempt to kind of boil it down in miniature to what we have discussed what we've gotten into a lot of basketball today that wouldn't be a surprise to most uh, starting with the idea that we might be the most dis- disrespected number five seed ever. In fact, uh, during the conversation with Richard Pitino, as much as he was emphasizing, you know, trying to keep his own players from getting too nervous with their lack of uh, tournament experience, I said, well, you know, how about the head coach? Might you be a little bit nervous come Thursday afternoon? Sure, I'll be a little bit nervous. You know, uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of always get a little bit nervous before the games. But you know what? I get more nervous about the games where, you know, like everybody's like, oh, they can't lose that game. I get a little nervous about those. Uh, I'll be excited, I think, as we get closer to it uh, because I've been close to the NCAA tournament as a head coach, um, you know, and obviously my first two years, very close and not, not a breakthrough. It'll be exciting. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's great for our program to be in the tournament again. I think it's a pretty cool story where we were. Um, to where we are now with a young team. I mean, you know, we're going to be playing in this game with no seniors, so uh, we'll make the best of it, get excited about it, and uh, hopefully when the game settles in like anything else, I'll settle in. Uh, so I'm excited about it more than anything. The interview is... Next a bit, question. This is high-level competitive. Well, the entire interview is available on the uh, Barrero Show page at KFN.com. He does not, as he notes, have to worry about this being a game where people are telling his team that they can't lose. Basically, people are telling his team... How are you going to win? So he doesn't have to have that concern. He did also talk to us. He had some interesting things to say once again about how he thinks he's got, in terms of his coaching style, maybe a little more Billy Donovan in him than he does chip off the old block, uh, Rick Pitino. We get into that. We get into what uh, adjustments need to be made in uh, with the loss of Akeem Springs, etc. Um, so we did talk a lot of basketball early. We got back to it with him. AP sports guy uh, was, uh, I thought, intriguing today on the Vikings side of it. We got into a lot of uh, the, I guess you could say, Toxic Gate 2017. Uh, Ellison's father, who's the, uh, what's the first name of the Ellison who used to play here, Rhett? Rhett Ellison is the player. And the father, a former Super Bowl winner, uh, got very vocal in the wake of uh, his son leaving this club, suggesting there's a toxic environment at Winter Park. And that explains losing a bunch of free agents and laying out why he thinks the season unraveled. Um, AP sports guy, like me, believes that you shouldn't throw out the baby with the bathwater here, that although the the individual involved has some jackassiness in him and he might have exaggerated some of the issues, um, there's some stuff worth following. There's some stuff even that the head coach has acknowledged needs to be dealt with. And I have felt from the beginning that the North Turner thing is a uh, was 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 um, shall we say unfortunately sold as oh Norv just wanted to leave. I never bought that. I always thought there was a little bit more to that to that story as well. And I, I have heard that even at the you know ownership levels that there's um, there's some questions being asked at this point. That's a long way from saying you know the whole thing's about to unravel. But I, I think that there is reason for some discussion. And as we said, I mean pl- there were some. I know that there was a, a, a rebuttal from Ben Lieber about that story, basically saying these guys are soft and uh, the, the you know how how tough is practice at this point at all. 
some of that stuff, I, I don't know that I can speak to each of those issues, but I do think there, there are some legitimate concerns about where this thing is at. It needs to be tightened up on a number of levels after what took place last season. We talked some Wolves with AP Sports Guy as well. We had a very good done-as item related to a uh, school, a, a different Carleton University. This one is not Carleton College, but Carleton University north of the border. Removing the scales to weigh yourself inside their, one of their, uh, their I guess you could say, training facilities, which you can't quite make up. And we had the uh, Dairyland Diary story, uh, which I, could have been worthy of done-as as well of the uh, high school uh, official in Wisconsin who refused to allow a a triumphant state champion player on the girls' basketball team actually accept a hug from her her young brother. Ha, 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 that's not funny. Interesting email that I got on that issue that we'll save for tomorrow's program as well. I think those are the main things. I think you pretty much Um, wrapped it all up. I thought, and I, I, I tell you another thing. I thought Brian Jones was candid. I really did, the uh, North Dakota basketball coach. I thought he was very open about the challenges his team faces. I think they're facing number 15 seed Arizona they in the West. They are 15 seed facing Arizona. They are 15 yes. seed, I should say. Arizona's obviously Salt Lake two. City, I believe, is where so, they have to go. Uh, you, can, you can take a look at that as well, and I hope you'll enjoy that. Uh, it's a shorter interview than, than many of ours, but nevertheless, it <laughs> made the point. Um, Fan of Demand is going to follow us tonight. Dan Patrick will follow Fan on Demand. Lou Nanny on the docket tomorrow. Maybe one look, last look back at the magnificent Grand Rapids run to the State 2A title, as well as uh, maybe some other basketball uh, guests. We do hope to get Eric Musselman before this week is done. His team is in the big dance as well with a couple of uh, prominent Minnesota players. In Milwaukee, I was reminded. Is that where they're playing? Iowa State, yeah. I did not realize that or I'd forgotten it. So that's all on the docket uh, the next few days. We hope Bozich before the week is done as well. Enjoy the evening. We'll talk tomorrow beginning at uh, 3 o'clock. Well, go Twins. Thank you for the the airtime, and uh, uh, I'll talk to you soon. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.